All right, here we go. Hamana, hamana. Three, two, mm -hmm. three, two, one. Damn family, shut up. <laughs> Eleven o'clock comics. <laughs> uh, my mood went from like three to seven. Keep, keep going. Seven is better. Yes. Eleven o'clock comics, episode two hundred and fifty-eight. We're climbing that ladder. Oh, that was strong, David. Climbing the ladder to David's brain. We have prestige. What's up, people? Nothing. Oh, yeah. Good to I be here. And boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> Tip your waitress, she's full. I've been doing a lot of thinking about Will Pfeiffer. You mean, you mean our, our soon-to-be roommate in one month from now? Yeah, yeah. I, I, he just enters my mind at random, random yeah. intervals, and I just I, I get happy because I like Will. But it's just like, why is Will in there? Why? Is he the man? He is the man. He's I get, speaking of roommates, I get texts from Mario almost every other day. It's, it's, it's <laughs> gone down a day. Boo. No, it's, it's not boo. It's, that's why it's text. But it's it's like, he's like, when you guys come, you guys in the morning? You guys can be there Thursday morning? What, what, what's going on? It's, oh, it's, it's like four weeks. Oh, oh, it's like every hour on the hour. You know what you should do, David? You have so many boos for every... Each yeah, but for for each subsequent boo, you should add an O. So by the time, so the longer it takes you to say, we know how farther they are down the chain. You know, I like that. I yeah. Like that. So if you say boo, we know this guy's like way down there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would be like boo. You know what I mean? And Jason would be boo, and then the one after that would be I'd be boo. <laughs> That's funny. I invented something. You like that? <laughs> can you hear me scratching with this microphone? Yes, now you, we can. Really? Got a, got a rash. Nasty. No, I was just pretending that I was itching just so you can hear. That's hot. That's a hot. You know what else is hot? This is hot because this is 11 o'clock comics, episode 258, and I'm Vince B. Mm. Oh, oh yeah, I'm Chris Neesman. <laughs> Hi, Chris Neesman. Hi. Episode one. I'm David Price. And I'm your pusher man. <laughs> All sexy like up in the house. <laughs> no, you're not the pusher man. You're Jason Wood, everybody. Shout out to Curtis Mayfield. That's right. Uh, I love him. Mm -hmm. They're I not standing. I was jamming to hmm? some Curtis Mayfield in my the last leg of my four hour drive back from Baltimore, so I figured I'd be my be the pusher man tonight. And you know where your best connection for comics is? <laughs> Not to push a man. That's strong. I know. It's dcbservice.com. That's discount. Linking things like Legos. <laughs> Dude, I have to stay away from the Turtles Legos. I saw them. I'm like, I want all of them. Don't. Yeah. Don't. I have to I, stay I, away. After I'm, making fun of Crayo with you guys, I'm totally on board now. 
Oh, the Krios, they're fun, yeah. That shit is nice, dude. The Transformers actually transform? Well, this is the first set to do so. Oh, okay, well, this is yeah. the first one I've seen. And then the G.I. Joes are so badass, I had to buy a Beachhead uh, set for me. Yeah, uh, that's pretty cool. Nice. When, uh, when the first wave of the, the Krios came out, I got them all for Vinny and myself. And uh, he's, he's put fire, it... <laughs> I stewed the Firefly uh, one. Uh, I bought uh, Holden uh, a bunch of them with the ninjas, the Storm Shadow. And the the, kid, kids are they, sharp, though. Because yeah, he's like, Dad, these are Transformers, but they don't transform. You have to build it either Optimus or build it in a truck mode. Like, you can't just transform. I'm like, mm, just wait around. I bet you they will. Sure enough, boom, the set, they transform. Yeah. yeah. And they got well, combiners, too. I know. Yeah. Dude, that was the one I, I, like, I, I wish again that one of my sons was into Transformers because if they were, I would have bought him that combiner set on the, on the spot just because I thought it was cool. But none of them seem to care enough about it for me to justify buying it. No, they will. They will. Yeah. Transform your dollars into more comics at Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com, where you can get your favorite funny books and collectibles at huge Wamba discounts, 35 to 75% off. The new list of discounts is not up, but like I always say, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of stuff on there slashed. Um, and if you're a Johnny Come Lately, if you're always, you know, behind and, and, you know, trying to keep up, pick up the pace, you can actually submit your order late. They don't care. So how about that? And digital previews. I just downloaded the damn thing today. It, it, there's a couple wrinkles in it, but for the most part, it's cool. And you're not killing a tree. And it's only a buck and change. So there you go. Discount comic book service, DCBService.com. They're the best. And if you're a first-time customer, you can enter this code into the wonderfully groomed area and get an extra 8% off your already massively discounted order. David, what is that discount? Please. That discount is EOC8. Incredible. EOC8 will get you an extra 8. It's magic. There you go. We got Sudu to C2E2. Uh, it couldn't hurt. <laughs> it couldn't hurt, right? It couldn't hurt. And Why not? <laughs> after you get your your books from C2E from uh, Discount Comic Book Service, pack them up nice and secure and bring them to C2E2 because I bet my yes. ass there's going to be people there that worked on them and can sign them for you. It's the premier Comic Con in since Chicago. What better place? Hey, April. I've, I've I've got an update on C2E2. Cool. April. So you, you go ahead and do your thing, and then I have an update. Thank you. Okay. okay. April 26th to the 28th at the Chicago McCormick Place. It's in the West Building of McCormick Place. Who's going to be there? Who's not going to be there? That's more to the point. We going to be there. That's right. Brian Azzarello, Brian Wood, Chris Burnham, lighting stuff mm-hmm. on fire on Batman Incorporated, fire. Mike Norton, Tony Moore, Paul Cornell, Amanda Connor, <laughs> Andy Diggle, Rick Remender, Kieran Gillen, just tons of people. Olivier Coipel. That's right. And if the comic book stuff doesn't set yourself on fire, the entertainment people will too, because there's going to be a bunch of people there. From Peter the, Davidson is there. From The Walking Dead, Diamond Dallas Page, Jake the Snake Roberts, Adam West, Julie Newmar, Brian Posehn. Do not miss this, people. And we're going to be there. The Fifth Doctor. The Fifth Doctor is going to be there. It's true. Uh, get your tickets Wood, in advance. Wood, we, are so, we are so going to go and meet Peter Davidson. It's going to be amazing. Maybe you are. Yeah, you know, he's, actually, he's actually a very well-respected Entertainment Weekly did a, a whole feature on Doctor Who last week because, mm-hmm. you know, it's the anniversary and all. Mm-hmm. So I read the whole thing thinking like, oh, maybe this will sell me on it. And I was 
even from the Entertainment Weekly article, I just reaffirmed that I'd like to gouge my eyes out before watching that show. You're missing out, buddy. <sighs> missing out. Dude, it's- I can't explain to me the Daleks. Explain to me how the Daleks are threatening. Um, they will exterminate you. Yeah, in <laughs> They're mass. Ridiculous. They're like recycling cans with light bulbs glued to them. Well, it's I mean, the, the the inspiration was a a, a salt and pepper shaker. Right. <laughs> oh my god, I don't get it. Well, why are the Borg threatening? It's the we same. It's the same thing. It's a, <laughs> Listen, you know, I was always Vince. I don't know about you. Uh, I was always more of a mm. a silence man. You were always yeah. about you were always silence. snake eyes. Silent but Deadlies? Well, anyway, don't get left out, people. Get your tickets in advance because the three-day pass is only $55 if you pre-order. $65 at the show, which means if you pre-order, you save $10. Bucks. Uh, buying in, in advance is the only way to guarantee entry to the show. Go to C2E2.com, get your tickets, be all happy, and see us April 26th through the 28th in Chicago at the West Building at McCormick Place, my brothers and sisters. As of this week, speaking of updates, we have our table now, so you will be able to find us at least periodically throughout the weekend. It's true. At table Q16, so Q as in Queen, Queen 16 in Podcast Alley, which is based on the numbering, I believe, uh, part of Artist Alley, or at least right alongside it. So we will either be there or somewhere else, but there'll probably be somebody sitting at our table most of the time, even if it's a friend of the show that's just looking to rest their feet and keep an eye on things, but... We'll have a home base. So we'll be kicking go. it with the low concept guys because they're all you awesome. Know it. John and Slurmo. And we'll be over the Ink Fusion table. That's right. We'll be everywhere. Yeah. All points of the of the C two E two compass will be represented with an eleven o'clock person. Be representing. That's right. Where yes. did Chris go? Christopher. Uh, he's still there. Good God! What is he doing? He's been having those technical difficulties of late. But he's not texting me or anything. No, he's not. He's gone. I got to get him. He's gone. There's a new version he of did. Skype available. That's that's like playing Russian roulette. Yeah, it is. Get out of here. Let's get Christopher back. Hang on, buddy. There he is. Christopher And we're, we're off to a rollicking start. No, so anyway, good stuff. Uh, um, the Cybermen were always my favorite villains. Nice. They're coming back. Oh, well, anytime yeah. the site. And I tell you what, more badass than, than the dialogues. And I know that the dialogues have kind of been elevated to uh, his arch enemies and because they were, you know, have appeared with, I think every, every doctor. Did the first doctor fight the Daleks? Sure. Yes. yes. Okay. So, so it's been everyone. But yeah, the, the, the Cybermen, cause I was a big fan of the second doctor, uh, the Patrick, Patrick Troughton era. And the Cybermen were his his nemeses. Well, they're coming and back in this uh, next next uh, couple episodes. They're badass. That was, that was they're badass. They show what the new Cyberman looks like. Oh, nice. Um, did you guys like know that? You guys probably know this, but did you know that David Tennant is married to the daughter of one of the yes. other doctors? He's yes. he's married she, she to in, okay. yeah yeah he's he's married to um 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 uh, Peter Davidson's daughter, who right. was in who um. Uh, co-starred in uh, in the yeah, tenant episodes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she was on the show. Yeah, she yes. played. She, oh, she I did. Okay. She and played she's the yeah. daughter, actually, the doctor's yeah. daughter. Yeah. And um, and yeah, and and he actually is um, he's doing a pretty good job on the episodes I've seen of uh, Law yeah. and Order UK. Davidson has. All right. Nice. Oh, he's great. I mean, he's a really well-respected British actor. 
um, and our British no, listeners like, will either either contradict me or support me on that. But yeah, it was kind of freaky that he uh, he's married to his own daughter. <laughs> that is sort of weird. Yeah, kinda yeah. Hot. She's very she's very cute though. She is. Um, very- yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, good stuff. And I, I, I that's like my get at the at C two E two. I really want to meet Peter Davidson. Like that's, I think we'll have to make it happen then. Yes. I I I want to make that happen. That's that that's that's a big one. That's a really big one. Okay, um, but um, let's talk about booze. Let's boobs, Bo- uh, booze, and then oh. boobs. Vince, um, are 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 you drinking something that's going to make me happy or make me sad this week? It depends. If you like caffeine and <laughs> cola, then yes, I'm yes. drinking Pepe Mac. All right, uh, David, pick up Vince. <laughs> Buffalo Trace meat. Ooh, you did well. You did one. Throw it. Throw an ice cube in there. Chills it nice. I would if I, I. I've I've had an ice cube in it every night this week. I, I there you go. Because I had everything set up like 15 minutes ago. I didn't want the ice to just melt. So okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't That's need good. ice anymore. I'm always cold. Really? And, and yeah. And when I put ice in my drinks, it just makes me even even more cold. <laughs> it's. it's uh, I think it's the menopause, right? No, yeah. I stand in front of the fridge. I'm down like 30 pounds, and I'm what? All, yeah, and I'm always cold. Nice. 30 LBs. Look at you quiet as kept over there. Hey. Nice. 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 It's, uh, it's, uh, one of my favorite memes on the internet is, uh, memes. Uh, me- memes <laughs> is the, uh, uh, the Game of Thrones one where it's like, uh, uh winter is coming again. <laughs> it's like, I, it won't fucking end. I know. It's God terrible. Damn it. Stop. Where's, I've never seen there, that show. Where's spring at? You've never seen Game of Thrones? Nope. Oh, no. dude! I don't get. I don't get the. Uh, what is that? Showtime? Yeah, yeah. Don't I, I don't get the, Game of Thrones is HBO. Oh, HBO. HBO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get that either. No. Don't have an internet connection. No, I don't. We have this. Uh, we have a couple cans and a really long string that we used huh. to communicate. Yeah. It's uh, buy it. Buy it on DVD. I heard it's good. Yeah. Dude, so no, it's weird. not. It's not good. It's amazing. Yeah, awesome. Wow. Dude, you have to watch it. It's amazing, dude. Yeah, you will love it. I have a lot of nudity. And what I've seen of oh. nudity is top notch. So my Great. wife, I'm, I'm like, honey, are we going to get you caught up on Game of Thrones this year? She goes, no, it's too much sex and violence. I'm like, exactly. <laughs> what? <laughs> and like, dragons. Oh, there's uh, dragons in it too? Like, really? Yeah, like real dragons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Spoilers, but yeah. It's, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yes, we're sorry. Uh, the entire first season for you. It's just a, no, it's just that I started to read um, the first book about eight oh, yeah. times and i got maybe 60 70 pages into it each time Breaking like I, I, I can't do it i can't read it it's, it's so uh, dry it's like the, the sahara first one the first one is <laughs> so much it's so much set up i mean you there are so many characters so i think it works better it works better on the small screen than it does uh, not not better as a novel but it's different and Whenever you get that soap opera like TV show where it goes from character to character and jumps around, it works a lot better. So cool. Um, well, I, I love think- the novels, so I can't really uh, say I can know where you're coming from, Vince. But you know, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, but but I, I but I guess it, I'll have to take Chris's word because for me, I would I was about to say if you didn't like the novels, you're not going to like the show because the, the show tries to be very um, faithful, very you know faithful to the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that being said, again, I guess Chris just basically uh would would uh would argue otherwise so and since i like the books i, I can't say that uh so yeah so maybe you would should, should try the show either way 
Yeah, yeah. I will try. I, yeah, I, I think the books are good, but I can see how I can see how the novels would be a little bit less approachable. Mm-hmm. But that said, once you watch the show, I found that it was easier because I tried to read the first novel and I kind of dropped off of it. And then I watched the show, and then I went back, and the novel was a much easier read because I was much more vested in it. If mm-hmm. that makes any more sense. So, uh, Jason, how about you? I am drinking uh, a a, Ca- a Cabernet Sauvignon um, called Decoy, uh, which I bought basically um, in honor of my father. Uh, I was at the wine oh, store, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, that's cool, wine named Decoy." But it's actually from a uh, a, pl- a vineyard in California called Duckhorn Vineyards, and um, they own a they make a bunch of different varietals. Um, but like with most vineyards, they don't not all varietals are created equal. Because I actually bought um, uh, a, a bottle of Pinot Noir as well because I really like Pinot Noir, and uh, I didn't didn't care for it that much, so I was a little skeptical. So I kind of sat on the cab for a while, but then I was um, at a restaurant, and uh, and it was on there, and, and one of my the people we were having dinner with ordered a glass, and I tried it; it was great. So I am drinking. I came back and opened up that bottle of Cab, and I'm drinking it tonight, and it's fantastic. So I highly recommend the Decoy Cabernet Sauvignon, but I would avoid the Decoy Pinot Noir. Okay. Cool. Very good to know. Uh, you guys will like this one. I've been I've been wanting to try this for uh, for quite a while. It is from uh, Flying Dog, which is in Maryland, I believe. Yes, it's in Frederick, Maryland. And uh, this is their Pearl Necklace. And, <laughs> oh my god, really? Come on. That's awesome. Come on, stop. <laughs> I knew you guys would like this. It is their uh, pearl necklace o- oyster stout. Jeez, oh, it's even worse. Oyster even, Jesus. <laughs> Oyst- uh-huh. Well, that's why it's pearl necklace, the oysters, blah, blah, blah. Did it have uh, And it's, uh, uh, it is, uh, it's an oyster stout, so it's an ale that is, uh, it's a stout that's, uh, brewed with, uh, oysters. Get out of Which here. sounds disgusting, but it's, it's actually quite, quite delicious uh and uh, one of the nice things is that uh proceeds from the sales of of this particular beer um go towards the chesapeake bay oyster restoration oh, oh look at that yeah so it's a it's a it's a nice um five and a half percent uh alcohol stout so just uh yeah if you're a stout fan um it doesn't taste like oysters. Um, there are oysters. In, you know, the the more discerning palate might be able to to pick some of that stuff out. But uh, no, it's just a it's just a really nice, uh, really nice stout. So I'd be afraid dogs, to drink that. Uh, I wouldn't want my wife to think I was cheating on her. Uh, <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, but I'm you'll be here all week. But no, uh, yeah, it's a, it's it's very it's very tasty. Uh, that was nice. Funny. So what do we got? Let's talk about some comic books. I have I, I have a quick thank you. Um, Ooh. Because well, I I want to thank him for for his generosity and and thank um, you for being afraid. I I, I want to thank him for the upcoming hospital bill because, um, Mr. Patrick Uh-oh. Scullin, of uh, he of Super Siblings, fame webcomic fame, right. uh, he was very kind. And and sent me a uh, a copy of Lord of the Clarks collection, uh, and Renee got to the mailbox before I did, and and she was not happy to see a book in the mailbox. But he he uh, he sent the note along with it. He autographed the cover. It and and it's super sibling, so it's it's always. Good stuff. I, I do enjoy reading the Super Siblings webcomic. I, I get it in my email, so I don't have to always go out to the web. Um, 
and and it reminded me that um, if I don't feel like going out to the web and I don't want to read a paper comic or, or, or risk bodily harm to myself, I can um, pledge, donate. He has a Kickstarter for the um, for the Super Siblings e-reader app for for the iOS devices. So you can actually, um, I believe, the app will be free, and and if you um, if you make it, it, it it's very small um kickstarter fund but it's uh he's given away some pretty neat things with 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 your pledge uh and once once he's able to submit the 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 app is is done he's uh he's just working on getting everything taken care of so he can submit it to apple and and get it approved and and then you'll be able to to read super siblings on your device but um that was it, it it's a kickstarter that i i been thinking about for for about a week or so now and and his book prompted me to uh to think about it again so i just i i want to thank him for the book and this will if if it doesn't last until the end of the year when i can slide it into someone's um <laughs> uh, gift exchange this year that then someone will probably end up with it even before then just just because because i want to pay it forward i do thank him for it but it's not something i can i can keep in my house wow you know what? Now that you reminded me, I do have a thank you. What's that? I got a, a very thick package from our buddy Dan, Leaf Insect uh, Man. Uh-huh. Yes, I did. And he was so nice. He sent me a selection of Filipino comics created mm-hmm. by Filipino. And they are awesome. Unfortunately, I don't have the titles because they are all stacked up nice and neat on the nightstand next to the part of the bed that I sleep at. And I'm reading them. Every night, I just read some of these these gorgeous Filipino comics, and they're, they're all just so well done. Uh, great stuff. So I got to thank my buddy Dan. He's still my boo and uh, for, for those. Yeah, they're great. Um, black and white, too. A lot of them, they're really cool. strong, really strong. I, so. I, got the, I got the same package. So, uh, so Dan, nice. I will be talking about them next week whenever I have a chance to, uh, to peruse. Yeah, they're I'm great. forward to. I, I also Spooky. want to thank Patrick for the um, pretty cool uh, Spidey sketch card he threw in. I, I like it. That I'm keeping. That you're not getting. Oh, you're not dumb. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. There you go. So you guys want to uh, swing first at a, a um, EOC live tweet? Uh, yeah. You yeah. pick. Uh, Mr. Andrew Shaw. Yay! Uh, and wow. this one's explicitly... Cause since every other question is directed directly at Vince, that's funny. We're asking a question that's oh, from Dan. Address. Uh, what was the biggest revelation you weren't aware of to come out of Marvel: The Untold Story? That I wasn't aware of. Oh wow. Um. Well, has everybody finished it yet? No, I have not. Uh, yeah, I have. Right. Well, why don't well, you? I, guys I, yeah, I knew you don't have to have finished it to answer the question. Cause right. So far, yeah. Has, yeah. has anything been in it that that, uh, that? I knew every single thing I've read so far. So you haven't read any of it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So I, I read. A, I read about. I read about ten pages of it so far. Yeah. What kind of he'll, boo he'll, is he? He'll read it on the drive down. I will. Yeah, as he's driving. Oh, um, making up a mix. Maybe you know what? Maybe. Um, Maybe that whole whole debacle with the um, with Her- heroes heroes reborn 
uh, like the little, um, like the, the pass with, you know, you, you, <laughs> here's the thumb drive with my art. Just make sure you get your check. Oh, oh. Uh, well, see, yeah, now, well, you bring up an interesting thing, though, because, like, uh, you know, I think the book is very interesting, but plenty of people, John Byrne, and you're referring to Rob Liefeld's, this, there's an anecdote in the book about saying that, uh, a couple of people saying that it was the weirdest thing that, that, Rob would only hand over his issues in a thumb drive, and he actually was like a drug deal. Like the his courier would actually hand the thumb drive over simultaneously that Marvel was handing over their, their his payment. Oh, really? That's cool. That's but see, hilarious. but I, I'm hesitant to to give that the much credence because take that as face value. Because Rob, like we we were talking about something else uh, on Twitter, and uh, I, I asked him what he thought of the book if he had seen it, and he was let's just say not a fan of Less the book. Than, yeah. It's really highly biased and and not corroborated by any like any it's like he's basically took one person's side of the story and and went with it like it was gospel and again i'm i you know i don't know i i find the book a really interesting read and i don't know sean how to say how well researched or vetted all this stuff is but certainly you know wouldn't surprise me if there were some things that were you know based more on interpretation and hearsay than, than fact but yes if in fact that story is true i too thought that that was really interesting yeah now how does john Byrne factor into that because you said burn sorry well i i put well if you ever went to our forum vince um you would see that uh, i actually posted very specific comments from burns forum about the anecdotes that when they talk about burn and uh, as well oh. as Kirk, as well as lee and kirby by the way oh no um, well, i thought and, you you meant that it uh no as, i mean as, that with the life thing that takes burn issue was... with with some of the things said in the oh, book as okay. well well, um, there's a surprise. Um, so, and most specifically, he he took issue with. Um, there's an anecdote in the book that uh, uh, that uh, involves someone dying because they were basically forced to work overnight in a cold Marvel office, which right, right, yes. is completely false in every way, shape, or form, and it's really irresponsible of Sean to have put it like that when you know basically accusing Marvel of killing this guy when. You know, the guy died of a heart attack because he was a chronic drinker and, you know, smoker and, you know, was probably a workaholic, so he wasn't in the best health, but that's not Marvel's fault. You know what I mean? Like, so. True. Um, so, yeah, I, so Byrne is not a fan of the book either, needless to say. Um, but I find the book a fascinating read. Again, I, I, I think I have to say, I think I found the beginning stories more interesting because they probably were a little bit less, like, uh. Skewed. No, not skewed, just I didn't know them as well. Like, I, I yeah. mean. You hear about the bullpen and stuff, but I, I never realized the, um, I never realized the uh, almost randomness with which you, you know Marvel really came to be. You know, I mean, there really wasn't a lot of uh, great forethought. I mean, they really were right. winging it. They were winging it. They were sitting there winging it every week, just and really trend following. They were trying to figure out what was hot at the moment and just putting it out. Like they, they, you know, it wasn't sure, sure. You know, I mean, uh, um. I guess my answer to the question would be, and and I'm wondering if a lot of people. I was thinking a lot of people probably thought the most dry part of the book was the part all about the years that led into the Marvel bankruptcy and then the battle between Perlmutter and Perlman. But I found that to be fascinating. Um, I I was really surprised to hear that um, at one point Arad and Perlmutter. You know, I I had never really conceptualized that that the gamble that they that they took on the company and how right they were from the start. Like, like, cause I mean, I, I remember when, when Marvel sold to Disney, you know, the, 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 how everyone said that Perlmutter, you know, became a billionaire on that day. And I didn't realize that like he was the, no one, everyone thought he was insane. in during the bankruptcy hearings, when he said 
Marvel could be like Disney. The char- you know, we have 2,000 characters that are marketable. And everyone was like, dude, you're out of your mind. They have five, there's, they have five characters that mean anything. Nothing else matters. Yeah. And the last laugh is on his, he got the last laugh because a decade later, he fucking sold the company to Disney for billions of dollars. So he saw something that no one else in the world saw at that moment. And yeah. I got to have a lot of credits. So. I think that speaks a lot to the casting directors on their movies. Because but that's, that's him and Arid. Avi, right. Like, same yeah. thing. They, they had sold away during the prom, the promo years, they had sold away. All the rights to all the key franchises. And, and to be honest, they still don't have, right? They don't have Spider-Man's rights. They don't have the X-Men rights. Fantastic so, Four, yeah. Yeah, so Arid, again, credit to him. He he took, they took two giant risks. One was was getting the company out of bankruptcy and, and recapitalizing it um, and using, and then the second, which was, now we look back and say it was a brilliant idea, but when they just said they were going to start producing their own films, everybody thought it was going to be a failure because they had no experience doing so. The, 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 you know, it was, you know, movie making at its finest is, is a tough economic proposition. And they put the, um, they put the entire library of Marvel characters, which really is the only asset that Marvel has, up as collateral to get the loans to start those movies. So, I mean, if those first few movies weren't massive hits, they really were pretty much betting the company. And those, wow. those characters would have been given to the bank and sold off, likely to probably Disney for a tenth of what Disney ended up paying for them. So I just hope know. Robert Downey Jr. is very well rewarded for his efforts because if Iron Man, if he wasn't as strong an actor in that role, Iron Man would have never taken off. And I mean, let's look back. Iron Man in the Marvel well, Universe—he's you know, a footnote. I mean, at the, at the same time, they took a hell of a hell of a roll of the dice on Downey. They did, but I mean, if you look at his past efforts, the guy is solid. But mm. I, I, I think, well, come on, he's a good actor. But I mean, for the most part, what if what if they they say, hey, let's put um, Vincent D'Onofrio or whatever, or Ed oh, Norton? Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. Like they could have chose, hey, they hey, could have been anybody. Ed Norton was an awesome banner. Uh, I thought he what, was fantastic. What, yeah, but he doesn't. I don't think he has the appeal that Robert Downey has. Robert Downey appeals to men and women. Norton, right? Eh, just kind of just women. You know, uh, or effeminate uh, men. No. <laughs> uh, well, so, I'm kidding. The most surprising thing in the book, which is one of the funniest, was that Michael Jackson considered buying Marvel. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that was That's interesting. Funny. And uh, he, he asked Stan Lee to, if I buy Marvel, will you help me run it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember where Stan I was. Stan said, beat it. it. <laughs> Dude, wow. you know. I mean, Michael Jackson owned well, the bought, Beatles catalog, bought, too. I mean, Beatles that would have been astute. Yeah. You know, he spent a lot of money really ridiculously, but but that would, you know, it's, he had he had every now and then he had the eye for something good. Paul ended up getting most of that back, didn't he? I don't I don't know about most of it. I think he has a decent chunk of it now. Yeah. A chunk of it. So, yeah, that was that was but it's it's funny. I was going to save this for my um for my in your travels. But I think it's it's um, pretty apropos to bring up now. Uh, I am about three quarters of the way through reading a book that I've been very remiss in reading because I love all of this guy's work. I give out the king to people every year as a Christmas gift, and um, I'm a huge fan of um, uh, uh, DB Wolf um, and the three LPs. Uh, I am for the very very first time, and like I said, remiss in reading Three Fingers. Have you guys read Three Fingers? No, not no. yet. You you need to read Three Fingers because yeah. if you if you like Marvel: The Untold Story, this is basically Disney 
the untold story through the Rich Kozlowski uh, spyglass. It's it is all um, characters that that vaguely resemble um, Disney characters, and the whole premise is that tunes actually exist in the real world, and they were um, uh, a very you know, like uh, lower class. It, you know, it gets into a lot of like race and and classism. You know, but tunes. It's almost like a Roger Rabbit thing where where tunes exist and and. Um, Disney, whose uh, his name is Dizzy Walters. Uh, it's not Walt Disney. It's Dizzy Walters. Uh, meets a, um, uh, a a tune rat named uh, uh, Ricky, and they go off and take Hollywood by storm. And it's kind of like the untold story of of the the building of uh, of Dizzy Walters Studios. It's really funny, and it's done totally documentary style, so mm-hmm. it's kind of like a mockumentary comic book. It's really good, and reminds me a lot of of the stuff that we talk about with the Marvel: The Untold Stories. It's it's that that you know very very much you know mockumentary um, uh, direction that it's coming from. It's fantastic. You, you guys have got to got to read this, and we have to talk about it. Sounds good. Now it's uh, I'm I'm looking it up on Amazon. Now it's it's not a new book. I, I, I no, it's not. Right, no. it's been around for a oh, while. interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Kozlowski yeah, did this probably maybe even before the King. Well, it says 2002, so I'm guessing I mean, the King was more recent than that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's been around for I, it's been sitting around for you know my shelf forever, and it's one of those that I keep going. Oh, I need to read that. I need to read that. And this week I'm like. Okay, I'm gonna read this. And this uh, is a really good one, Chris, because this is one of those ones I bet where the next every year when they have the top shelf really inexpensive sale, this is probably one of those ones where you could get if they have any in stock for a couple bucks. Just yeah, like, that's well, how I got mine. On that list. Yeah, okay. I, th- I think I think I yeah. bought this um, uh, from the uh, the top shelf uh, three dollar sale. There you you know, it's like some of the characters. You know, it's like they'll cut to uh, to the interview, and one of the one of the people that they talk to is a uh, car horn arm whistle okay. instead of. Foghorn, Leghorn. Yeah, it's Carhorn. So get it. Um, and it's like this old, like geriatric version of Foghorn, Leghorn. It's so funny. And then uh, 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 Minnie Mouse is uh, Millie Marsupial. <laughs> it's yeah, it's so so good. So you guys pick this up, read it, and then we'll talk about it. But it it just reminded me of uh, uh, Marvel: The Untold Stories. Nice. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. You know what? Uh, in a similar vein, what's been beckoning me to pick it up and read it again? Speaking of John Byrne, I have a uh, bound edition of the first fifty issues uh, of uh, Alpha Flight. I really oh, want to read those again, dude. I will read. I, I I've read Alpha Flight three or four times. I'm I would happy to. It's my jam, Love. dude. Love it. it right I hope around to finish my Alpha Flight uh, jam piece at C2E2. I've just got they, a couple squares left. They lost me when Jim Lee came on. Right around 50, 60, around there. I, I think I, I lost him before that. Yeah, I, I wasn't stuck feeling with it the throughout series. the whole series, but you know, definitely the high points were, were the, the early burn issues for sure. Yeah, yeah. It was something though seeing seeing Mignola and 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 Taliak on the um. Oh yeah. On the art for it after when they did the switch with the Hulk, but right. It it was it yeah it really it to me that. That was a burn book. That was a burn book at Marvel. It wasn't. It it, it was very hard for me to see. That, that's probably one of the first times where, because uh, I was reading it from the beginning, and and 
buying it from the newsstand. Same thing with Power Pack. It was very hard for me to see anybody else really work on mm-hmm. that, even even though it's you know, Burn gave away the keys and and it, it, but it just wasn't it wasn't the same. And that's fine. That's not to say it still wasn't good because you guys first, obviously stuck the with first it. the first twelve issues of Alpha Flight are some of my favorite comics of all Absolutely. time. Absolutely, absolutely, I agree. Yeah. Period. The twelfth issue still makes. 15 year old Chris cry it's that and and see and and so I can I can attribute John Byrne to two of my lifelong lasting final splash page yeah in a comic book two of them and and he did them both he did them both at Marvel and I can't it's it those those are last pages that just that will stick with me what's the other one what's the other one she lost the baby thirty minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, okay. And and it's and so it's and and so kudos. You know, I'll I'll raise my glass to burn. And and it's yeah. it's just it is he. I'm not I'm not I'm not going to go on the rant after this. No, that's and yeah. And I but but oh my god, that's when a character death meant something, sure. and they you can't manufacture that. But Alpha Fight. Alpha Flight 12 was such a mind blower at the time. It's like, what? What? Yeah. No, no, you can't do that. Yeah. And you he, know, and I, he did it. it of was the amazing. four of us, I think I remember, like, I, I, I don't think I have as much affinity for, like, covers iconically as you guys do. Like, I just don't, mm-hmm. like, I just, and I mean, not to say that Alpha Flight 12 is an awesome cover. But Alpha Flight, for some reason, as I'm looking back, like that and Excalibur, like, there's certain Excalibur and Alpha Flight, I can pretty much picture every cover of every issue. Yep. Like I just, it's just for some reason those, those covers stick in my head. I don't, I don't know why they more do more than other series. But I, I mean, love Excalibur, dude. Mm-hmm. Me, too. I mean, I thought you were going to say that because I would. I mean, I haven't reread Excalibur, and I would love to go back and reread it. Well, let's do that because I have those too, handy dandy, right on the shelf, the whole run. See, I have to dig mine out, but yeah, I do too. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not I saying I can't, but. Trade. I think I still have the single issues laying around, but I need to get the Alpha Flight. I, I don't know why they haven't put out an Excalibur Omnibu. I mean, I, I, they put out Omnibus for a lot of stuff now, dude. Yeah, they like, really should. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I mean, think that's Alan Davis's finest work, especially the uh, Nightcrawler um, issues with the well, Mars Well, that's where theme. I fell in love with him, I yeah. mean, for sure. Yeah, great stuff. I mean, from that begat my love for him and all the stuff he did both later and before when I went back and you know, got it. But He's really the only one who ever made... Rachel Summers looks sexy because she sure you, as hell. You, you hate skinny white girls, do you? He not, does. No, He's got, no, no, that's not true. It's, you must hate it, Sheena Easton because that's who uh, Rachel just, reminds me of all the time. I didn't. I, I wasn't a fan of of, of the John Romita Jr. version. It just, but it, really? it's, they, Davis can just draw curves. But it's, it's no, it's, it is. I, I, I really, I have to thank Chris for this stereotype. It's awesome. It's not. It, it's not skinny white chicks. It's stupid <laughs> skinny white chicks. That's for damn sure. But it's not all skinny white chicks. The, Megan's uh, my girl. Oh, absolutely. Who's hot and dumb? And that she was. Uh, that's that's an Alan Davis creation right there. That yeah. that's just he. If, if I think of an Alan Davis woman, that's who I end up. That you got to think about. Yeah, no doubt. More so than than old school Betsy Braddock. Loved Betsy. Yeah, when she was all prim and proper. Yeah, I I prefer. Me too. But yeah. Yeah. But Excalibur, you know, all series, I guess, do this. Like I was going to say, Excalibur went off the rails when they started getting to like the, uh, what was it, like 
Crosstime Caper. Micro Max or whatever his name was. And then came like Pete Wisdom and like all the, you know, that's, it's one of the things talking about like stuff that bothered you. I mean, it seems silly in retrospect, but it really bothered me when Kitty started banging Pete Wisdom. Why? Um, Kitty was like young and innocent. She was like the, you know, the smart, geeky, nice girl. Like she, like her all of a sudden being like a slam hound for this 50 year old, like, Black Ops guy just seemed ridiculous to me. It but seemed totally out of she, character. she had the nice guy. It didn't nah, work. Well, it again, didn't work out. I, obviously, now, you, it makes sense. It, I just no. Nah, I didn't. I thought it was completely out of character. I, I, I just thought it was very cliche. Oh, now the nice girl is going to suddenly be naughty with this old dude. Like again, if it was like, if it was a twenty-five-year-old dude, like that was, you know that. But he was an old creepy guy. Like he wasn't. It was like <laughs> it was. You know he was. He wasn't. He was like three times her age. Like it didn't make sense to me. I don't Maybe know. he gave her magic orgasms. <laughs> Maybe you never know. He had a nice big wand. Speaking of freaky deaky, have you guys heard about uh, my girl Domino and her newest uh, sexual partner? Uh, yes. No. Who? Colossus. Yep. <laughs> and dude, this truth in advertising. But wait, as he's banging her, he turned metal like this. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I would do that. I would so do that. Yeah, that was. <laughs> That was her doing, and then, and it was so it was so cute at the end where where she's like you know oh this was fun and he goes you know and we don't have to talk about it and he goes no let let's not do that last part so he doesn't pull out before he's done because he doesn't want to give her mercury poisoning. Right. Oh jeez, <laughs> uh, that's funny. I'm on fire. En fuego. So we're gonna do, what we got? What else we got? Vince, you want to talk about that book you were saying uh, that we both read? Um yeah, let me get my thing. Oh, you Here got we some go. notes. I got, um, I got my zoo on no, my I, d- I don't have notes. I, I like to see the images while I talk about it because um, David, Jason, and I sampled something I believe all three of us have have never tried before, even though it's, it's, a, it's a relatively long-running series. I think the original series lasted 80 issues. 80-something, yeah. Yeah, uh, and assorted uh, miniseries and one-shots. Um, unfortunately, the original creator has shuffled off this mortal coil. We are talking about Drew Haynes and, um, Poison Elves. Yes. And although I have a, a, a decent stack of, of the original series, I've never read them. It's something about, oh, really? no, something about the covers and the, you know, the concepts appealed to me, but my run is kind of spotty. So I said, well, you know what? I'll just wait till I get the entire run. Then I'll read them. And I never got around to it. So. Ape Entertainment has recently published a uh, continuation of Hayes' uh, vision f- uh, gleaned from his notes. I left, I guess, when he, uh, after he died, they found a notebook with um, proposed uh, direction that he'd like to see the series go and plot uh threads and stuff that, that he had already mapped out. So they're continuing it from... Uh, Drew's original notes, which is kind of cool, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's neat. And um, uh, confession: this is the very first Ape Entertainment book I have ever purchased. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, first issue has multiple covers, right? I got a Derek Robertson. Oh, I didn't. Re- I mean, um, I guess I shouldn't be surprised that it had multiple covers. I got. Uh, let's see, which one did I get? Um, I have the Robertson one. I I I don't know. Am I supposed to mind? <laughs> oh, here we go. No, sorry, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I also got the Derek Robertson one. 
So that's probably the main. Um, so there's uh, cover A is by Derek Robertson. Yeah, cover that's why. B is by Montos, who does the interior art, and it's spectacular, by the way. Cover C is oh. by Terry Moore. So obviously, they, uh, Jason, you didn't get to Terry Moore because you would have known instantly, yeah, right? No, for sure. Yeah. Um, so. So this is interesting. So I assumed one or two of you had had at least no. read some of the original because no. I was going to be the guy that hadn't read the original. Uh, but you know what's cool about guy. it? Remember back in the day when we didn't have this plague called the internets and we got into a new series? We did do a lot of footwork, a lot of a lot of catching up. We went out and bought back issues or maybe comics themed. Mm-hmm. Magazines like you know uh, Amazing Heroes or something we'd catch up mm-hmm. that way. That's what I felt like um, in this issue. There is a lot of backstory. I mean, you're talking 80 issues of stuff that's that's come before, and it's not a hard read. I mean, they sneak things in uh, in in conversation, but you could tell that a lot of water has passed under the Poison Elves Bridge because there, there's a lot of stuff going on. Continue. Well, I just thought you'd interject because you, you uh, like well, to do that. No, well, I mean, I, I say continue because, and I guess David will be the tiebreaker. I'm, I'm clearly viewing this issue much differently than you are. Oh. Uh, I, 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 I agree with what you're saying about it, is assuming a lot of history, but I think it was a as a first issue for a series that even ardent fans of it haven't read in a long time and most people would have never read it i thought they did just about everything you could do wrong with the first issue because they they assumed that we were going to just jump in and be totally engaged and i think to do that you have to make the characters in the setting immediately immediately understandable and and interesting and i felt like they gave us complexity and a lot of busyness but didn't engage me, so I'm I, I I mean I just think again it's sounding like you're coming away with this much more positively than I was. I th- I think this was my my takeaway was like this was a pretty humongous failure <laughs> as an issue. Wow. Yeah, yeah. See, um, okay, obviously, uh, yeah, I do have a different take on. Yeah. It. I think it. I think it's fascinating that there's so much that I don't know. About these characters, and uh, I will say, I think Lucifer, um, the elf, while not um, a particularly likable character, I want to know more about him. Um, I, I want all this backstory. The guy obviously has a conscience because um, he left someone, uh, two two people in the clutches of the bad people, and uh, he uh, pledged to to save them. And didn't, and so he. There's a lot of characters that are at odds with him because of that. And at the end of this, it, it's almost has a uh, a metatextual twist because um, at the end of this, Lucifer goes out on his own. He breaks away from his companions and 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 with uh, takes his little um, fairy sidekick. What is her name? Pauline? No, uh, Petunia. And, yeah. and and his uh, his human sidekick Bob like and he Bob. go yeah. he he goes out to find himself, which is really meta, a little bit meta because the writer uh, Rob Horan said that you know he doesn't really know Lucifer as well as he should. So while the character is going out questing for find trying to find himself, the writer is in turn following him. So I, that's kind of neat to me. 
that we get a, a guy who admittedly it comes right out of the box saying, you know what, uh, this character is uh, as uh, mysterious to me as he probably is to you. I want to learn him, so I'm going to take him on a little trip. That's cool. I like that a lot. Obviously, um, mm-hmm. Jason doesn't, but that's no, okay. I, mean, I don't want to keep interrupting you. you can do your thing. I, 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 I like uh, it when you interrupt me, though. Well, but I don't want to be Mr. I mean, I, I, again, I think I, I, it's I, point I, counterpoint. It's, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, I'm cool I think, with it. um, all right, yeah, let's let find a common like, ground I, I don't, here. Like I didn't, again, I just, we just, again, it's like two, 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 um, two slices, you know, two sides of the same coin. I, I, I didn't, um, let me, okay. So at the end of this first issue is a two page recap of the poison Elves world. Why in holy hell was that not at the beginning of the book? I don't because know. Because I might have read the issue with at least a little more clarity as to who Lucifer is, why he's important, what the history of this... I mean, I didn't... For, but having it at the end of this issue, I was like, I don't want to read this now. I'm like, you just made me read 30 pages. I had no idea what was going on. And now I'm going to read what you meant to, like what's the logic if either choose not to put the recap in at all because you just want us to be challenged and jump right in or but don't put it at the end of the book that makes no sense yeah so i yeah that you're you're right you're right i mean I I, so I, like you say lucifer was like to me i was like okay i get it he's an anti-hero okay sure i get it like okay anti-hero guy got it but like did he do anything in the issue like what is it that he did in the issue that makes you interested in learning more about him like he got in a fight. He, uh, I mean, he is a, a, a sidekick, but I don't know. Like I was, like I, I'm, I'm struggling for what you found in particular engaging about him versus him being sort of a stereotypical antihero, not knowing the history of, of the character. Well, I thought there was a lot of cool concepts thrown at us, all of which center around Lucifer. I mean, the sword, Sinlatch is. Mm-hmm. There's an Elric vibe, like with a black blade uh, type thing. I guess his sword is semi sentient. There, there yeah. is an entity within the sword, and Santana. to it, to it, to a certain extent, it determines uh, his paths in in this world. Um, it, it it does seem like Lucifer has a conscience, uh, however slight. Um, he likes to drink and he likes to fight, um, but there are characters in here that respect him. Why? Um, must be something in those 80 issues I didn't read or, or something to come. But I just, it, it's like a nut that I want to crack. I want to get to that chewy center. And I think the, um, main reason that I find this so compelling is the art. I thought the art was astounding. Oh, did you, did you like the art? Um, well, you know, here's what I'll say about the art. I think the artist, and I believe this is his, pu- his first published work, um, which is incredible. I, I think the artist is someday going to be a great artist. Wow! Like I I'd, think I'd agree with that. I, yeah, there are there are there are panels in here that I'm like that is beautiful. Yeah, that are straight up out of manga books. Yeah, but I think there are also a lot of he has. I think he's still working through um, consistency of anatomy composition i think holy he, shit he yeah i better not ever publish anything because i think this guy is the, i i think this guy is the tits i, I don't really know. think he has an issue with uh with 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 depth uh in, in thank path. you I'm, holy I'm shit yeah, right now right 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 where um 
Lucifer is 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 standing off, um, and and there's all this detail in the background. There's 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 doors and walls and 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 leaves, but there's something up with the opponent's arm, and and it's and then we do the close up on the faces, and but it's you could tell who people are, but I, I'm I'm agreeing with Jason with the whole consistency issue. There are t- I mean I can tell even though there's no color everybody's supposed to be because of the detail he puts in hmm. but it's still not um yo it's it's but, but like but but i think but getting but in keeping with this though i'll go back to what i said uh, there's enough here especially since this is like some of the guys early if it's not his first work it's his first published work i i think in a year or two if this guy keeps at it he could be like a top tier artist because I, I a lot of the stuff I find visually appealing like when he's just doing um, like when 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 it was uh when when Sinlock or Sinlock however you say it you know sort of manifests itself into like the metallic elf I think you know that's cool like some of his character design is cool um, I think he draws some pretty beautiful looking women yeah. um, I think when he's I mean I think so, so I, I see a lot there that is to be liked and appreciated you so I don't want to come down too hard on the guy but I no, don't really- but I don't I, think he's great yet. I think he's got the potential someday to be great. But he, he, uh, so yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll just stick with that. I think he's, you know, much like if you go back and look at Jim Lee's first issues of stuff, on Alpha Flight, hot shakes, you know. <laughs> so if you're gonna judge, like, if if, you, if I take this first issue of for this guy and put it up against the first issue of many of the guys that that we think in comics are greats, so I bet he's further along. So I give him a lot of credit. But I don't think if we're, if we're comparing. Think- the dude's the dude's style, and I I'm gonna say reeks, but I don't I shouldn't because I don't want to give it a negative connotation because when you say something reeks, it's it's a foul stench. But um, I think his style reeks of Tim Vigil, in a good in, in a good way. In certain panels, absolutely. Um, he yeah. he has that same Vigil style of of rendering, uh, especially facial features and and. Uh, in, you know, in, in motion and and yeah, I I like when, when, if when this series continued exactly like this first issue for the entire duration, I would be extremely happy. I I don't know. I I, I think the guy's art is really exceptional. That's cool. That's okay. We don't have to always agree on anything. Um, yeah, like I said, I don't want like I don't want people to come, like I don't think it's bad art at all. I just think no. that it's 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 not. It's we're seeing a. Someone that's clearly talented at the very early stages of career, and that's fine. Like I yeah. put it this way, he, he this guy would have blown the water, the doors off of almost everybody that was in like, you know, Marvel tryout books or you know the backups in Marvel Comics present. You know, I mean, he he's not. Again, if we're putting what he I'm seeing on this page, yeah. For if we're putting what I see on this page at, juxtaposed against the stage he's at in his career, I mean, it's he's he, he he's killing it. It's, it's yeah. so I give him all the credit in the world. I'll, you know, I keep an eye on the the big two books. I I think this book looks a lot better than at least half of the stuff out of Marvel and DC. That I can't agree with. Well, I yeah, I do. <laughs> no, I I believe you do. I'm just saying, but I, I don't. I just I think that's it. Not it feels fair. like a Marvel Bronze Age. Like this could be the backup in a Savage Sword of, of Conan issue. That I can see. That I can see. But like, if I'm comparing this to the stuff that would say be in its genre on the shelves right now. Like Conan, like Archer and Armstrong, it's not holding a candle to it. And and Conan's been what we've had three artists on Conan already. You know, we've had what I guess just one on Archer. So again, like I, that's why I, I think you're you're letting your 
disdain for Marvel in general over Cloud. No, 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 I'm not. I did, right now artistically. I, I'm just talking in, in terms of the approach. It's it's very concentrated. You get a lot of story here. There's it a lot. There, yeah, there's a lot, lot of detail of in every panel. Yeah. That's I mean, I, there's no decompression at all in this in this story. And, and that wins a lot of points with me. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it just does. Um, it's very dialogue heavy. Mm-hmm. You, you won't read this issue in a half an hour. There's a lot of stuff to digest. There, there's a lot of dangling things from before, a lot of things they dangle about stuff that's going to come after. I, I, I have absolutely no complaints about this thing. I, I loved every page of it. But, you know, your mileage may vary. I, I'm, I'm, this is one of those instances where I ordered something based on the legend of, of Drew Hayes and what has come before, and it was one of the rare instances where I am not disappointed at all. Yeah. Yeah, but I that, mean... You know, just, it happens. We can't always agree. Yeah, I, I mean, this for me was just the opposite. I, I bought it because, again, same thing. This was a series that was revered, but I didn't have much exposure to. I thought it was cool they were bringing it back using his old notes, and uh, I just feel like... I feel like there's definitely a lot of love from the creators in terms of paying homage to what was here before. I mean, clearly they cared about it, and well, I just, but I, I just, to me, the execution it just didn't meet the bar that I've set for myself in terms of what I think has to be. It wasn't good enough for me to continue to support it at least for now. I, I didn't, yeah. uh, I didn't enjoy hey, it enough. On, I, I, I should, I sh- shouldn't really say this um, based on what has happened to the uh, original author of this, but. Um, like I said, I, I have a lot of uh, poison elves that Drew uh, created and, and and illustrated. I think this um, Matos artist is uh, a much finer illustrator than Drew was. There's a real indie edge to to the original poison elves. Um, Jason, I w- I think it'd be safe to say that you may not like the, well, the original series because it's, well, I it's actually very the primer. Yeah, I was going to say I looked up Drew Gaska's work. Uh, <laughs> hey. Trying to decide if I was even going to try this out, and yeah, I'm not. A, I'm, I would. I'm not a very right. Fan I, I could tell that automatically. Yeah. But um, it's not to say it's bad. It's just very different than this. I think this is a much more polished. More. It's a smarter approach. Um, they they could have got somebody that drew in in the in the haze vein, and and you know I don't know if it would have worked as well as this. But so that's cool. I'm glad we. I like it when we don't agree. It makes you for a good do? discussion. Yeah. <laughs> You just say, know. "Hey, I mean, that's I, awesome." I don't like. Know? I don't like being overtly. I mean, I, I don't. I, I, that's why I just. It, this is one of those things where I was like, "Oh, I really didn't." Like I read it and I really didn't didn't care for it. And I was like, "Ah, oh, you know." But uh, you know, I have to say though, like, and and again, I am. I just pulled up some poison elves renderings that Drew Gaska. I, I pr- much prefer uh, this fellow to Drew. <laughs> Put it that way. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Uh, let's give him some uh, some uh, Montos. I, I much Montos. prefer Montos' versions of the characters than to, to Drew's. So. And to be honest with you, I was a little disappointed again because my understanding was that the old series was very adult, very, very, very X-rated, both in its its violence and its tenor and its humor and its sexuality. And this book was none of those things. So, like, just to level it out a little bit, did he? I okay, I, well, no, no, no. Why am I still here? Yeah, you're here. Yeah, you're good. yeah I, I will say the art on the backup story by uh, Shannon Ritchie. Is a little hard to decipher at times. Yes, yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, not bad, but it's just a little bit. It's it's too dense, too it's too dark, too heavy yeah. on the blacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would agree. But, it's uh, almost like it's I, wood carving. We're all generally I, fans of 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 
artist that can really use blacks to their advantage. And I think she's 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 feeling. Well, assuming Shannon's a woman, but she's if it is, Shannon is feeling their way still on that front. Yeah, I got to get Chris. It looks like we we dropped him somewhere along the line. We dropped him, yeah. Yeah. Here he comes. Christopher Neesman in the house. Temporarily. No. He's not not answering. There you go. Hang on, buddy. Chris is back. Sorry, I didn't even realize we dropped you there for a second. Christopher. Man, Chicago's not cooperating with us of late. Is is uh, what's going on there, buddy? I don't know. I'm seeing him. I'm not hearing him though. Yeah, he's connected. It's just that uh, he is either mute or is uh, unable to speak. He's probably busy watching the Bulls break the Heat's 27 game winning streak. He's got face covered in oysters. It's <laughs> not <laughs> <laughs> a movie Should like we that. Do a live tweet or wait for? Him? Yeah, let's do that. All right, let's see. Anyone see anyone that they wanted to cover? Otherwise, I can scroll down here. Let's see. You uh, pick. Let's see. Uh, here's one from, a, I don't think a per- this person's ever asked us a question before. Uh, from Vishal Rajani. Uh, he wants to know, have comics ever gotten us through a difficult time in our lives? Hmm. Oh, man. I want to say yes. I'm just trying to think of the moment. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with you. I, I would say yes in the sense that they've always been something that's given me great pleasure and is very in, also is very personal in the sense that, that it's just something that I've always had that, you know, is mine, you know? Right. Yep. Like, so I would say yes, but I don't know that I can think of a time where I like, you know, specifically was like dealing with a, a loss or a tragedy that comics like got me through it. You know what I mean? Like, I think comics as a, means of distraction or escapism have always been something that I've enjoyed about them. So right. I would definitely say yes, like you're saying. And like The answer is yes, because they've always been there for me and as a form of escapism and, and entertainment. And uh, and I think anything you can use, especially at, when times are tough to help you get through those moments is is helpful. But uh, but I can't think of like a specific event. How about you guys? How about well, you, Vince Bizzle, with the, you know, with, with the big, you know what, when you were dealing with that, did comics have a role there? Um, no? You know, this this may sound kind of trite, but uh, comics, they they didn't get me through life. Um, comic books pretty much are my life. And, and I don't want to shortchange my family, but ever since I can remember, um, comics and you can take it one step further art right um art is the thing that that propels me through this 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 thing called life sorry to quote prince but um it's it, i i wake up in the morning thinking about art i go to work and make shitty art i i come home and <laughs> and think about art you know it's uh, i see everything as an illustration or how it could apply to a picture plane and and how i would uh, translate reality into these messy lines i just everything that goes on in my head is when i watch a movie i i i yes i can i 
focus on the characters and the, and the story, but I'm looking at the cinematography. I'm looking at the way they blocked out the scene. I, I, everything in my life is art. So, yeah, it, comics get me through life because they are what I focus on the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, they, they, I guess they helped w- during that time, but they, they've always been there. So I, I, it just was business as usual. You know what I mean? For me. All right. Well, he, yeah, but this one, David, did you, did you? Let me get Chris. He's back. Okay. I don't want to get him all, all shitty. What's David doing unlocking for? There he is. Oh my gosh. Hi. You're having some problems there. Hey, Chris. Yes. Did, yeah, have you did... watched in Southland while we're uh, doing the show? Apparently. No, it's TiVoing. Wow. Oh, I see. Oh. Gotcha. Let's ask Christopher that, that same question. Christopher, was there ever uh, a period in your life where uh, comics were the thing that got you over over a bad patch? Uh, eh, I don't know if they got me over a bad patch. I mean, they're always part of my life. So right. yeah, I was like, I'm going to kill myself. So X-Men number 137 made me not. Uh, you know, I, no, I, I never had, I never had that, like, you know, like uplifting moment where it got me over anything. But uh, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, um, what I would say is that maybe comics as a whole have um, helped to to shape the person that I am. You know, I believe in good. I made you angry. Um, Chris Smash. That's we all know. That's that's a little bit of a persona. Uh, no, it 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 um it reinforced my uh, my belief in in good, and it reinforced my belief in um, um in equality and that um uh, that that people that that have good hearts will persevere and that, that the evil will fail and that kind of stuff. And so, you know, so I guess in, in a larger sense, yeah, comics have, have kind of, you know, lifted me up to, to that, that belief that, uh, that good is good and evil is evil. Um, yeah. can so I, can I do a, a, um, uh, a detrimental effect maybe of comics? Sure. Sure um, I, don't, I don't know if it's a, a chicken or an egg type thing, but I have an extremely addictive personality. Um, and I can't say whether it was buying comics that created it uh, or was it buying comics that fed it. Right. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. that whole um, when when you read sequential collector mentality, right? yeah, that collector mentality is not good when you have an addictive personality. And uh, like since, since comics have been there since day one, since I can remember, did did they create my addictive personality, or did they just trigger it, or you know what I mean, or or feed it? So I I, I can't say, but yeah, um, when, when you gotta have when you're hot or cold like a light switch and you got to have everything when you're hot and you don't want anything when you're cold comics are not good they they just play into the your weaknesses so mm-hmm. yeah there you go that's true our uh our, our buddy and again another one of our roommates in a month's time mr chris campbell wants to know our thoughts on pacific rim the movie oh. that's looming and what are we hoping for i'm hoping it's one tenth as good as the uh the trailer <laughs> And the posters. Yeah. It looks awesome. Are we going to Are we going to split again, Jason? Me? No, dude. Uh, well, so 
No, I just don't want to monopolize. I don't. I feel like I don't. I, um, one, I had a bunch of uh, of college buddies uh, at my house for the weekend, including a couple guys from California. And uh, one of uh, one of the guys that was here, uh, he is the people that make trailers for movies. There's actually not that many companies that do it. Mm-hmm. And my buddy is one of the oh people, that guy uh, one of the companies that does it. And he Pacific Rim is one of his movies. Nice. So, um, of course, I wanted to know everything about it. Now, he, because, you know, it's part of his job, he can't, like, show me that he couldn't show me anything. He's seen the entire, you know, he's seen the movie from start to finish and all the effects and stuff, but he can't show me. But he did say knowing, he's not a, like, he's not into geek stuff, you know, at us, like, where he doesn't, like, comics or kaiju. He's not in there really into that. But he said, for, based on what he knows of me and the things that I'm in, he thinks it could be my favorite movie of all time. Nice. Wow. That's so, very you know, encouraging. I'm setting up expectations. <laughs> Yeah. Holy crap. So, but the point is, is to, I'm right with you, Vince. I mean, I think this, this is like another one of those like dream movies, right? Like giant mech robots versus giant monsters. Like, are you kidding yeah. me? Like on, on the screen in live action? That's, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 my expectation, I, I, it will be impossible for me to go into this without expecting it to be awesome. Yeah. I, I hope Chris Rio of IDW is working those fancy feet and I hope he gets the license to this. Uh you know on the on the downside Dark Horse would be great, but I want IDW to get Pacific Rim and I, I want them to pull that um Sideshow got the license to make the toys, which would right, be great. Right. I want comics from this. I want I want James Stoko drawing Pacific Rim. Mm-hmm. Yes. That would be so cool. But you know what? As excited as I am for Pacific Rim, there's one movie that supersedes it, and I cannot wait one more week. G.I. Joe Retaliation? No, we're going to see that too. I need to see this Evil Dead, this new Evil Dead. I can't, I just, it looks like the most. Well, okay, well, yeah. Buddy's company is make, has that movie as well. What did he say? Um, he said that uh, it is basically a shot for shot remake of the original, just with much more serious and modern special effects. Hmm. So it's okay. That's not a bad thing. But I'm I'm also hearing there are little um, plot points in there that m- may make may lead one to believe that it's a sequel. He didn't mention that, but now to be fair, he is not doing that movie. His his firm is doing the movie, but there's like four guys that you know. There's like four producers and at, at his firm, and yeah. so this is one he's seen it. But he's not working on the campaign, so you know, I, I, and I don't know how familiar he is with the source material. Yeah, it looks very disturbing. I can't wait to see it. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued because, as you know, I had, as we talked about, I, I had a real issue with the first one, uh, having just seen it recently, just because it's held in such high regard, and I was kind of mystified after seeing it. But I'm definitely interested in seeing this one because it does look like it's more legitimately frightening, you know, yeah. or at least. So yeah, I'm intrigued. It, it, it's weird. I I'm not a movie goer. I rarely go to the cinema, Same but it, it just seems like this month and next month there's a bunch of stuff coming up that I want to see. Rob Zombie's uh, Lords of Salem comes out soon. I'm I'm right there. As soon as that comes out, I just okay. that's, that's my thing. You know. I don't know that one. Either. You know. You, you know. say Rob Zombie. I say how how high. Oh yeah, you do. Yes, I do. And our car on the way to C two E two will be filled. With Rob Zombie. Did we lose Chris again? No, no he's there. I'm here. I'm here. Oh. Any thoughts on any of these movies, player? I'm ready to see the G.I. Joe. I think it will be good. 
It looks like uh, I it think looks it like will crazy. be better than the first one, which is kind of a turd. But well, well I agree. I think yeah, this can be one where they pretend to... like the first one didn't happen. It's a good thing. Yeah, it works yeah. for me. Okay. They could have the rock on the pot for an hour and a half, and it'd be better than that first movie. Truth. And you know, <laughs> I watched this first movie Except again for recently. Yeah, and it, it like some of the casting was actually fine, like in terms of the the look and stuff, but. But, but yeah, it just it it was really like lacking in any kind of heart. The movie had no heart. You know, it was it was basically like it was just yeah, it was and it and it had a weigh-ins. It had a weigh-ins. <laughs> that's pretty go, much the kiss of death right there. Smith. Yeah. When you can't get Will Smith to go woo, well, I can't the... front of the weigh-ins, dude. I, I've seen a lot of the, I've enjoyed a lot of the weigh-ins movies. So, uh, and I was a big fan of Living Color. So white chicks. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess that balances out my Adam Sandler love. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know about that. I have a friend who who actually despises. I don't know why, he, but he actively dislikes anything that has anything to do with Will Ferrell. I've no, I'm like, did he kick your dog or something? I have no Ooh, that's idea. Weird. My homeboy dislikes Will Ferrell so much, but he he won't look at anything Ferrell has any hand in. I mean, to be really, that's strange. It is. I mean. uh Hollywood Shuffle and I'm Gonna Get You Sucker are two of my favorite movies of all time. Absolutely. Well, I'm Gonna Get You Sucker, that's different. Yeah, that's that's that, because that's that's not entirely weigh-ins. It's there's not. A, you know, there's a bunch of people in that. Directed by Keenan. It's, it's I, under, I, I know that, but there's a lot of cameos from the black exploitation, right. so it, that well, elevates sure. it beyond. No, that's cool. I like that one, but like their other stuff, when when they do the two white chicks, they go undercover as the two yeah, white chicks. Yeah. That's just... That's I didn't just, see that. See, I haven't seen... I don't think I've seen any of the movies in the last decade that they've done. Yeah, well, um, I mean, Hollywood Shuffle is like one of my best friends my entire life. That's, that, that's Robert Townsend, though. That that really doesn't have anything to do with the Wayans. No, no. Keenan wrote Hollywood Shuffle. He was. Oh, he did I thought that was all Robert Townsend. Townsend, Townsend and Keenan co-wrote it, and Townsend directed it. Correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. Don't even get me started about whatever happened to Robert Townsend. What did happen to him, dude? dude he was the man, dude. I, I, yeah, I know. He was the absolute man, and I. He was like a grown-up Martin Lawrence. It was, but I enjoyed Robert Townsend. I, I know, man. What I, happened to him? He was great in the Who. <laughs> 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 All right, let's let's do one more live tweet. Not to cut you short, but we got to talk about a little bit about comics. Well, then you pick a live tweet, then, dude. I don't have it open. What is going on with you? You're I the don't. Ball out today. I, I, I shoot me one here. First, right. you're, you're um, here you go, Vince. This is for you. Blake C. wants to know, what's the best place to start reading Jack Kirby's huge body of work? Are there any standout omnibu or trades? Take it away. Wow. It's a standby answer. Um, the best place to start reading Kirby is Jack Kirby's most, I'll call it his most intimate work because it's pure Kirby and that's Commandy. There, there's no better book to get that Kirby vibe. What the man was completely about. Big balls out action, uh, awesome concepts, strange world, Cur- Commandy. It's, it's, start there. Get the first volume of the Commandy Omnibus. And if you don't like it, yeah, then awesome. you won't like it's anything awesome. Jack, Jack has yeah. ever <laughs> It's, you know, I, I love the fourth world stuff and, I'm going to give give you a little bit of a counterpoint, Vince. Is that, okay. is that some people that, um, not all and not, not correctly, but some people that have a little bit of, of a hard time jumping from 
mainstream comics into stuff that's you know a little bit deeper waters will have trouble jumping right into Commandy, but dealing with characters that they're a little bit more familiar with. I think Fourth World might be a little bit easier introduction, and obviously um, Fantastic Four, The Avengers, all of the the early Marvel stuff. Even though I think for a lot of people that's that's a it's they're quote-unquote old comics that they may not want to read. Um, I like Fourth World and Commandy are, are, are good ones to, to jump in with. Yeah. You have a point. Um, a little bit. A little but bit. I, 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 little I, think, bit. I think Commandy is even easier to get into because you say Planet of the Apes, 99% of yeah. the population is going to be like, okay. Planet of the Apes, not hard to, to pick up on. There was okay. a disaster. No, no, you know what I mean? There was a disaster. Animals gained some kind of sentience to the point where, you know, they're, they're approaching. I, 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 I hate to, I hate to say this. I don't think we are at a point where Commandy or any Jack Kirby comics are a first step into comics. I think that is like the. Because they're too good. The, well, it's, no, it's, well, yes and no. Um, there it's a little removed it's it's a little foundation of, of comics and in in you and i and, and jason and david and a bunch of the people that listen to the show and post on our forum realize the the genius and and, and the brilliance of kirby but it's you have to you have to kind of come to it it it's not just there does that from make, a from a modern sense? vantage point yeah yeah yeah. Because because you know there. ideally you can get any Kirby collection, slam it down on the table, and say this is how it's done. Now read this, and I'm going to give you something that was published within the last ten years, and you tell me you can't see a difference. That that you know ten to even even twenty years, you know stuff it just it does not compare. There's a different approach to making comics today. It, it's more along the lines well. It's a business, right? They got to keep stringing you along. Jack sure. told Jack told stories. He he was in love with the medium. That's what he did. You know, it's to some of these guys, it's a way to just pay the bills. And I'm sure it was for Jack too. But the man just had an innate ability to tell stories, great yeah. stories, universal stories. And and it's uh, I I don't want to shit on modern comics, but there's a world of difference between you know. Uh, Marvel and DC these days and the sh- stuff Jack was was creating. It's just it's night and day. It's not done the same anymore. And people would probably say, "Yeah, it's old fashioned." And it is old fashioned. But sometimes well, no, the old ways I, I are better. I don't know if it's old sta- old fashioned. It's of a slightly different era. Different approach. Yeah. Di- uh, diff- di- there was diff- a different diff- goal back then. You know, different era and we you know, God, we talked about it with baseball. It's you know, baseball players of the the fifties and sixties were looked at and, and and performed, you know, you know, differently than than uh, baseball players of today and you know, or were perceived differently, I guess. And you and know what it's gets just, you it's just different it's just different eras and, that's, and there's guys that hold on to that today there's still a few that's of okay. the old gu- no there's still a few of the old guard left like jim starlin mm-hmm. and and john Byrne is still still making comics the way he always yeah. has you know give or take he there, there is dude dude ditko is still making comics i know but that's my point right you get starlin Byrne, ditko they don't 
they have lost the lion's share of their audience because the the readers have moved on but they haven't you know what i mean and i always have this this talk with with the guy uh, the owner yeah. of the local comic shop he says you do a comic book in the style of jack kirby like godland or you know when giffen will get on his uh i know he says i can't sell it to save my life uh jim starlin has tried many times with yeah. weird the reluctant warrior and, and stuff can't sell it to save his life he said there's something about these guys and the way they continue to make comics that just does not find an audience and well, it, just, I, it, just, it it doesn't appeal to the masses it they, and that doesn't mean that it's not good just you know what some right no it's know, not an arbiter but, of you know it's the na- it's the natural progression that people look for what is new and people look for right. you know what is the next thing and you know we live in a you know in a walking dead world you know for yeah you know, for whatever reason, and and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, Steve Gerber, God rest his soul, you know, wouldn't sell shit for comics these days. No, look at um, Nevada, that thing he put out for Vertigo. That didn't do very well, but it's a great story. And, you it's know, just, yeah. And but you know what? You and I can appreciate it, and yeah. and for that, there's you know there is an audience for it, but you know it's the the continually dwindling comic book audiences is, is you know the the big part of it but you know uh, what is good is good and and that doesn't matter as to to who buys it so yeah i got mm. i got no problems with that it's you welcome know, it's, to the old man hour yes <laughs> that was a very long conversation oh. about a very simple question <laughs> yeah well, that's how we do Oh, right? <laughs> oh, I love it. We, we could uh, have this conversation about music. We could have this conversation about politics. We could have this conversation about a lot of different things. And very true. Yeah. So I, I guess, I guess Vince's answer is probably the best. Is just get the Commandy Omnibus Number One because it's, it's a lot of fun. It, yeah. it, it, it is a lot, a lot of, of fun. Great. It's great. And and I would say that it's it contains Jack's all time best double page spreads. Bar none, even right. Fantastic Four. The 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 spreads in Commandy will will melt your eyeballs. Uh, I I especially love the one. I think it's pretty early in the run, in the run where the gorillas are swinging across on on uh, on cables from the 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 left to the right. It's an amazing amazing panel. It's just how how did this man create this? How he's he's got no regard for anatomy at all. <laughs> and it's just I think that's the thing that 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 just infuses his work it's that devil may care i'm gonna do it and i don't give a shit if 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 this arm isn't completely anatom- uh, anatomically re- correct it's it's gonna work damn it because i'm the king it's it's um, just amazing stuff and uh, oh man i just wish um people would just um dip into the kirby pool because the guy was like one in a million. Well, you know they they always will. He is the uh, um, he's the Orson Welles of of comics, you know, yeah. and people will always always go back to Kirby. Um, he's got the he's got the recognition that he deserves. Yeah. Okay. He does. <laughs> it can never be enough for me. Well, I know, but he yeah. does. He's got the he's got the recognition that he deserves. You know, you you look at you look at the people that came before Kirby, you know, the Toasts and the Kniffs and the Eisners and you know, it's it, there are a lot of people that this that this amazing medium has been built on. 
So it's and, and Kirby's done fine. You know, people love Kirby. Let's do something else here. What do we got? We haven't heard from David very much this week. No. 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 He doesn't tweet poop? tweet at me for shit anymore. Let's be talking to you. Well, all, right, all right, buddy. Yeah, who, who tweeted at you this afternoon? <laughs> he, he sends me a DM. Hi. <laughs> yeah, well, it, someone has to fucking start. I know. All right, then. Been getting all uppity. Funny. I'm busy. Leave me alone. Yeah. I know, Mr. All of a sudden, uh, I don't know, all of a sudden you two guys are moving into the management roles and I barely hear from you. Don't even. Don't even. Moving train. out soon. What if? I'll stop. <laughs> I was not it, meant to manage. Vince gets the talking part done. <laughs> what if okay. um, what 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 are some of these uh issue ones you were reading, Jason? Oh, uh yeah, I just wanted to yeah, so um the uh you know, with the debacle part of it aside, you know, Marvel did offer up all those number ones and I did manage to grab a bunch of the, the Marvel nows and I thought that um since since we haven't talked about, as people have been out to point out, we haven't been talking much Marvel because, uh, and none of us have been reading much of it. Well, David has been. <laughs> but, uh, I had said I was waiting for the Marvel now, the first set of trades and hardcovers to hit hit my inbox, and they're actually looming. So, but I did read uh, a bunch of the Marvel now um, number ones, and I thought I would just sort of rapid fire go through them, and uh, and and David could, I'm assuming he's read some of them too, could chime in whether he agrees or disagrees because um, I know that some people would, would at least use our opinions to help shape whether they want to order or pick up the trades which are all coming out so um, I guess alphabetically all new X-Men number one would be the first one uh, written by uh, Bendis uh, with uh, with pencils by uh, Stuart Eminen, inks by Wade Von Grawl Badger um, I loved every every moment of it, thought it was great yes. um, I felt the book was stunningly beautiful, Eminen does not get He's to me moved into the very highest upper echelon of working artists, and I'm not sure he's quite yet getting that recognition, but I think he deserves to get that recognition. Um, I thought the book was absolutely gorgeous and fun, and not laden with uh, you, you didn't have to be you know up to speed on every nuance of what's been going on in the Marvel Universe the last few years to enjoy it. Um, so I would definitely recommend that book for people that like the characters, but, you know, maybe don't want to be tied down in any kind of gigantic sort of history lesson. I agree Which, with that. It, it's, it's, as, as that first arc goes on, I, um, I liken it to, uh, to Star Trek 2.0, to Abrams version, where it didn't, where whatever happened in the past, whatever you read in, in your masterworks, in your essentials, whatever you read regarding, or Parker's first class series, Anything that happened in the old X-Men stories, this, this all new X-Men doesn't discount that. As, as, as this arc progresses, you'll, you'll see things that, um, well, I, I'm trying to remember the first issue, but the first issue, where does it, does it, um, does it end up with, uh, Beast makes a move at the end of the first issue, right? Oh, buddy, you're asking me to. I mean, uh, I know, I know, you read a lot. I, mean, I don't have the issues here. I, I okay, know. there's yeah. it there, but it's there are, um, you know, as far as continuity nuts or anybody like that, I don't, I, I don't find this series to be insulting to anything that has happened in the past. If if you hold your old X Men books near and dear to your heart, this doesn't do anything to to discount that. Bendis isn't snubbing. Thumbing his nose in your direction or anything like that. I I think 
I think All New X-Men is one of my favorite Marvel Now books, probably in the top five. Um, sorry. Um, all right, next one would be Avengers number one uh, by Mr. Hickman and Mr. Opeña. Um, so I'm a big Hickman fan and I'm a big Opeña fan. And I definitely am intrigued by what's to come. But I would say this kind of was a little bit set up-y. So I don't know that I was like totally engrossed. I have my faith in Hickman and his ability to tell a long-form story will, you know, keep me going. But I'm not sure that on its own, if I wasn't a Hickman fan, that the issue would have like totally pulled me in. Um, and I would say on the Opania front, it looked really different than... Uh, then X Force, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's almost like he. It, it looks like it's more on the the coloring process. It looks like it's almost like a computer coloring process overlaying his pencils now, and it looks it just looks a little more finished, almost again like it's like painted, and it's not bad by any means, but it's very different than than the Opinion that sort of was in the running for my favorite artist of the year the last two years. Mm-hmm. So all in all, again, like interesting enough that I'll keep going, but but I, I wasn't blown away by the first issue. My my problems with the first issue for this particular title um, had to do with um, with not Hickman the writer, but Hickman the graphic designer. Hickman the nightly news guy, where you had um, I'm, I mean, I, I love logos and, and trying to figure out like, like when you have a roll call and, and I'm trying to find where's Waldo with all the characters and and I love that page where you have um, you have the roll call of of, of the Avengers, mm-hmm. and then you have everybody's logo in in that little matrix, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. and I like that because I'm trying to figure out okay who's Hyperion, who's Sunfire, and and I'm going through all this, and there's Sunspot and Cannonball, and everybody's cool, but then you have a couple of double page spreads, which because it's a standard size, twenty two twenty page issue, I think some of those graphic design elements kind of. Um, didn't let me enjoy it as much as I could have because I just felt like something was missing. It, it, it was a little unfinished, and and looking back on the issue, because there was there were these little extras and that that first double page spread, which looked pretty, but mm-hmm. it just it, I could have gotten more. There could have been more yeah. meat there in that first issue, and and I didn't. I don't dislike the the first arc with with Avengers. Um, after uh, after the Opeña arc, it's I believe it's one of the Kubert brothers, um, and I, I started reading that second arc, and I stopped it to read something else, and I haven't gone back to it yet. So it's it's waiting for me, and there've been a couple issues since then, so I have some things to read. But of of um of what Hickman is doing regarding the Avengers, there is actually one Hickman book that he's writing that I am a fan. It, it, it's turned me into a Hickman fan. I, I read nightly news and, and I, I wasn't as, as bowled over as everybody else was. And I read the little bit I did of, of his fantastic four stuff, but his, his work on new Avengers, I'm really enjoying. And that's, that's a little misleading. Cause I don't know if you've read that first issue, but it's not so much new Avengers as much as it's, it's a continuation of, I guess, his Fantastic Four work plus the Illuminati. Right, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I mean that was that's on the list too. Um, uh, I think you, I mean you've already talked about this one when it uh, when you read it at first, but that's Avengers Arena number one, which is uh, written by our buddy Dennis Hopeless uh, with uh, our chores by Kev Walker. Um, you know, look, there, there's this is an interesting book because it's 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 been pitched as an ongoing. Um, I'm not quite sure how this is going to be able to be an ongoing, right. given the premise, which is basically arcade is uh, at least in, as so far as a is a um, the arcade that we've known for a long time. This is not that arcade. This is not your daddy's arcade. This is a guy that's almost like um in in this book is almost seems like a god. He's so powerful and he's uh, he's very self aware that in the past he wasn't very good for a guy that had murder worlds. He wasn't very good at killing people. So he's brought all of these young heroes, some of which we've known in the past like members of the runaways and members of the uh, avengers academy and then some we've never seen before and you know it's one of those classic scenarios a la uh hunger games where they have to you know fight to the death and only one can survive type of thing but you know to to his credit you know at least as far as i know in this first issue people are actually dying and so you know it begs a lot of questions right like i mean it, it immediately made me think okay are these characters really being written off or like at the end of the 12 issues are we going to see that this was like some kind of like uh you know matrix type thing where they were like thinking they were dying but they really weren't you know you don't it's hard for me to believe right now that these guys are actually being killed but i have to take it for what it is and for and, and what it is is the first issue was highly entertaining um again i have plenty of questions about what what what's to come and and whether or not it's it's like actually happening but but I'm definitely along for the ride. So, and I think Dennis's dialogue was sharp and funny and and uh, uh, and, and intriguing. So I, I got to give him credit. So it's it's definitely, you know, I don't know what issue number twenty is going to be like in this book, but I can see how <laughs> issue, you know, an eight or twelve issue run of this could be pretty pretty wild and and, and fun. So. Um, you you read this one, right? I read the first issue. Yeah. It's 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 a book that I I'm dying to. I think I want to read. Um, that's a book that I, I want to do in a marathon session. I don't want to just read that one at a time. Um, and and yeah, I thought I thought Dennis had a great handle on all the characters. Some of them I hadn't seen in a while. Some of them I was reading, you know, in, in Avengers Academy, and and it was um, it was it's a unique group, and and it really is um, one of the. Uh, because of the subject matter, it's hard for me to say more fun, but it's it is a a wildly entertaining book from based on that first issue. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one is also a Dennis Hopeless book, and that's Cable, um, Cable and X Force number one, also written by Dennis. This with art by uh, Salvador La Roca, who I think it's fair to say we've been largely unkind to in the five years we've been doing this show <laughs> for good um, reason. Yeah, but yeah. I will say this: so I actually was not looking forward to this book, even though it features. One of the prominent characters is Domino, who is one of my all-time favorites, um, because I, I, you know, really genuinely have disliked LaRocca's art so, so, so uh, you know, for so long on Iron Man. Um, I will say this: I don't know if it's because he couldn't find photo ref for these characters, or if he just is deciding to take it. But, but this LaRocca is not the uh, Iron Man. Um, you know, let me let me do photo ref of of TV celebrities, LaRocca. Um, you know these characters are like drawn like this isn't the extreme x-men laroca that i think we all loved but it's also not the iron man laroca that was like a turnoff to me so i probably misjudged this book a little bit on the art front it's it's definitely um much more palatable to me than the iron man stuff was um now the 
the story, you know, it's 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 it feels a little bit like, hey, we have this group of characters that we need to use, so let's put them all together in this book because we don't really have any other use for them right now. Um, you know, Cable's kind of back without much explanation. He's teamed up with Forge and Domino and Colossus. Um, Dr. Nemesis. Dr. Nemesis, thank you. Um, so, you know, I guess we'll have to see on this one in terms of whether or not the team has good chemistry and works well together. Um, but, uh, you know, there's some cool moments in this, like Cable is reunited with Hope, which, uh, again, is a long time coming. Uh, I think he Dennis handled that well. Um, Vince Cable gets a new arm, and it's like a... It's like a mecha arm. It shoots <laughs> missiles because Forge creates it. So it does all kinds uh-huh. of crazy stuff. Um, so, you know, I'm intrigued by it. You know, I would definitely say it's a setup issue, really kind of introducing the characters and, and, and do it. It's like a team up. And I've always been a sucker for team up books, especially when it's like getting the band together. And that's what this issue was. So, you know, what happens now that they're together? Uh, I guess I'll have to wait and see, but, but I definitely was pleasantly surprised on this one. I thought it was, uh, was, was better than I expected it to be. Did you I, I was too. I um I I've read up to issue six, and okay. um it's um hopeless was the reason why I checked it out because I'm used to Laroca these days, but I I am not um I'm not turned off by the work he's doing mm-hmm. on this book. It's uh it, everybody looks good. I'm enjoying the um the chemistry between Forge and Nemesis, um. They're, uh, it's, it, it's not so much, I, yeah, Cable's in it, but it, as I'm reading it, it's mostly just about the team. Cable seems to be there, but everybody's kind of going through what they need to do, and, and, uh, and it's, it's, um, some of it ties into a little, well, the Colossus part, obviously. There's, there's fallout there from, from Avengers versus X-Men. Um, but it's, it's an interesting team. It's, uh, really a bunch of characters who I wouldn't have expected to be together. I, I do like, I mean, I've liked Forge from, from Life Song and everything else back in the day. And, and, and there's, there, there are, there are things about this that, that I'm digging. And, uh, I am, I'm happy with going along for the ride right now. There are some questions I have. There, there are some, some, um, some storytelling, uh, tricks that, that, that happen with the whole then and now. And, and, um, it's not as linear as, as maybe I'd like because it, it, it can be a little confusing at times until you actually, until the light bulb goes off and you, and you're able to piece everything together. But I am, I, I am enjoying Cable and the X-Force and it's, it's strange that, um, I haven't figured out why we have a Cable and X-Force mm-hmm. and an Uncanny X-Force. Right. Yeah. At the same mm-hmm. time. And, and, uh, actually that I have the first three issues of Uncanny X-Force that I'm, going to read and I, I started the first issue actually tonight before we started recording and, and that's written by Sam Humphreys and that's that's um pencils by Ron Garney and that ties more into the old Uncanny X Force because there's a conversation between Storm and Psylocke and and uh and it's it's weird is a little hypocritical because Wolverine is um 
is is reading Betsy the Riot Act and, mm-hmm, and yeah. about how you know you you disappeared for a month, you show up out of the blue, and I'm thinking, dude, you're on like eighty goddamn teams. I, I don't yeah. know how the hell you could be in one book from so it's. But other than that, I, I it looks great, and uh, and that's and that's another team where I'm not I'm not all the way through the first issue to see how the team forms and, and who everybody is. But but a storm with a mohawk and and uh, which apparently everybody seems to love these days. And, and uh, yeah, Vince, you love it. <laughs> Can't get enough. And there's and and there's some uh, Lady Deathstrike in there too. So well, yeah, I gotta so I'll jump ahead to that since you jump. I mean, I I loved this book. Cool. Um, I think uh, I haven't read much of Sam Humphreys. I know he's been you know, on the meteoric rise uh, and seemingly getting a lot of work at Marvel now. But uh, but you know, again, I want to is... talk about his um, about John Carter work later. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, so he definitely feels to me like the uh, this feels more like the uh, the direct successor to Remender's uh, X Force um, in 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 tone. Um, again, you know, my boy Phantom X is in it now, and he's uh, he you know. Um, ch- we always knew that Phantom that that he had three brains, but now the brains have um, manifested into different uh, bodies. You know, he used to have Eva, which was like his alien-looking sort of female-minded spacecraft that was one of his his brains. And then Eva was killed in Uncanny X Force. Um, but I guess Eva didn't actually die. She sort of morphed into a beautiful female version of Phantom X. So he's it's it's sort of he's. At one point in the book, he's making out with himself. Basically, <laughs> he's sort of oh, like shit. Master, I, mean, I don't know if it's like—is that masturbating? I don't know, but he's he's making out with a female part of himself, which is kind of funny. Um, but I thought Humphrey's dialogue was great. There's a return of a, uh, I guess, a villain. Yeah, I, well, he's a villain. He's been a villain for a long time now, but someone that uh, we haven't heard from in a while that Vince definitely has a affinity for. Um, we do get, uh, we do get, uh, again, it's like an all female team spirals in it. So I'm really intrigued about this. Unlike, similarly to the other X-Force book, you know, this is an issue about getting the team together without really quite understanding what they're, why they belong together. But unlike the, unlike the, the cable and X-Force, to me, this team feels more interesting and cohesive. I don't know. It's, it's, it's just a feeling. Like, and maybe it's just the way that it was executed. But, uh, and you're right. Uh, Ron Garney's art is, Redonkulous. It's beautiful. It looks better here than it did on uh, that Weapon X book. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I think he, yeah, it's, I mean, he's, he's definitely at the top of his game. Um, quick hit, cause I don't think you read this one on Deadpool. Uh, this is volume four of Deadpool, written by, uh, Jerry Duggan and Brian Possein, um, art by Tony Moore. Again, people that know Tony Moore know this book looks fantastic and, and it's, he's, it's, his sensibilities are perfect for a book that I think is, you know, is, is driven at its heart by, by humor and satire. Um, in this issue, Deadpool is basically fighting against dead presidents, including yeah, evil dead uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, evil Abe Franklin, I mean Abe Lincoln. And uh, it's, it's just a blast. I had a blast with this issue. This is what Deadpool should be. Uh, action and adventure and humor all in, into one. So um, I, I, you know, I, Brian Posehn is a funny guy, and uh, he clearly is having a blast with this. So I'm I'm completely on board. You know, the only caveat I'd say is Tony Moore typically does not stay on a book for very long. So you know you probably want to might want to reassess the book after the first arc. You know because I, I think he's off the book and see who takes it over. But but this first arc is going to be a treat because because Tony can can he's a hell of a, a cartoonist. Um, I don't know what you thought, David, of the two Fantastic Four books, but I was summarily underwhelmed by both of them. Um, Fantastic Four, written by Fraction with uh, art by Mark Bagley with pencils by I mean with inks by Mark Farmer, 
who actually makes the not coincidentally the art looks a lot like Alan Davis as a result. Um, so, yeah. and then the and then the other book, which is FF, which was um, uh, again written uh, by Fraction, but uh, um, art by uh, art tours by Mike and Laura Allred. Vince, I think you said, and I agree with you now that uh, you had commented after you looked at FF that um, that you didn't think this was like vintage Allred, and I cannot agree more. Uh, I this it, 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 I don't know if he's trying something different, but this is unlike most Allred art that I've ever seen. In that, it just doesn't seem quite to the level that we've come to expect of him. Um, you did say that. Am I imagining that? No, you're right. Yeah, it it seems like a a caricature of of all red style. It, yeah, the, yeah, the germ is there, but he just doesn't seem to be invested in the work. Mm-hmm. That's just the feeling I got. Yeah, yeah. So I, I you know, FF's one of those books I've, or Fantastic Four is one of those books I've just read forever. So I don't know that I'm going to not read this, but but I, I wasn't really drawn in by either by issue too much. Um, how about you, David? Uh, you the- read them. I, I enjoyed FF, I think, more than I enjoyed Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. but um, I haven't read either of them after the first issue. Okay. And I know that, um, I, from what I can tell, uh, the Fantastic Four sites team of, of Steve Raker, Alan White, and Chris Campbell, um, they haven't been completely Chris enamored. is out. I think yeah, Chris on Twitter this week he's he's out. You know, he's been, I, I, well, like he's breaking like his ten year consecutive streak of like he's, he's I mean, there it's getting to the point now where in order to tie in to talk about Fantastic Four related stuff, they're talking about New Avengers now because <laughs> Hick Hickman wrote Fantastic Four and FF and he's using Reed and and so, you know, but it's it's uh it doesn't seem to have um lit the world on fire, at least as far as my friends go. Mm-hmm. Uh, a book that you, you touched on a little bit last week, so uh, is Indestructible Hulk by uh, Mark Wade and Lionel Yu. Yes, um, dude, Mark Wade is needs credit. He's been on a fucking roll. Uh, yes, Wade is back to being. You know, I feel like he had a few years there, maybe when he was focusing on you know his EIC role of Boom and stuff. But like, uh, he's back to killing it. I mean, and a lot of different genres all at once. I think he's having a heck of a of a second. I don't want to say resurgence because I don't know they ever sort of fell out completely, but he's having like I think a second, second part of his career where he's you know kind of back to me at, at right near the top of his craft. And uh, I, I I was not a fan as much as Jason Aaron is one of my favorite writers in the business, and you know was was my winner two of the last three years for favorite writer. I, I did not care for his Hulk all that much, um, but I think this Indestructible Hulk is terrific. I, I thought it looked great. I thought it was well paced. I think it's such a cool premise of of again like it's kind of it's a little bit derivative of the Avengers movie right where like you have this banner saying look I'm a badass and you know I, he's like you know being the Hulk is a, is a virus a disease that I can't cure so rather than try and cure it I'm going to live with it and and you know here are the parameters with which I'm going to live with it you know give me a lab let me do cool things and then you know when I Hulk out you know use me like a weapon and point me in the direction of what you want me to smash like that's brilliant like I I love that whole premise they can have a lot of fun with it and uh I loved it. I thought it was awesome. So I'm really looking forward to that hardcover when it gets here. It, it gets better. Awesome. Yeah, I, I think that was great. Um, I was not a big fan of the new Iron Man, uh, written by Kieran Gillen with art by Greg Land. I just uh, really not, not no aspect of it 
uh, re- resonated with me. So I just I don't can see myself keeping up with that. Um, did you read that? One? I have I I have the first few. I have not started it yet. Mm, yeah, um, you touched on it with New Avengers uh, again. That one's also by Hickman. This is Steve Epting art. Thought it was very good. I mean, thought Epting looked good. Um, uh, you know, I was a big fan of the Illuminati, so it's nice to see it back. It's weird to me that they're calling the book New Avengers, yes, not Illuminati. I don't quite understand why. I mean, um, I also think it makes. I will say it. It um, something's been happening with the Panther uh, in 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 other books. So the Panther is basically now the uh, the ruler of the underworld, the Wakandan underworld. So he's not actually like he's the king of the Wakandan underworld now, um, like the the like the of of the dead, and uh, and and all the former Panthers now inhabit him, um, and and that was established. But I, I don't know that like that was explained in this book all that well. So people that maybe haven't read everything of his may be wondering like what happened, why the Panthers like that now. So they probably can a little better explaining that to people. I only know that because I, I read when it happened to him in the other in 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 the other books, but. Um, but overall, I thought this was pretty cool. Again, I'm a big Illuminati fan, so um, you know, uh, I'm not sure how I feel about like what they're doing with Cap uh, in terms of like bringing him in and then maybe suggesting he shouldn't be part of it. But you know, clearly, um, you know, that's I'm sure that's all by design, and, and so I'm I'm liking that one quite a bit. Um, Savage Wolverine, uh, Frank Cho, awesome artist. He wrote and drew this. Not a fan, you know. I love the artist and I love the character, and I'm just I I, uh, I love Shannon the She Devil, so this book should be right up my alley. And I just didn't care for it. Um, I, I I just didn't find it very engaging. Uh, it it just was kind of to me like the definition of a superfluous um, Wolverine story, and it really felt like another chance for Frank to draw dinosaurs and and ca- and cave girls. And yeah. while that looks great, don't get me wrong, I have two of Frank's art books that are focused on that. Um, you know, it's like, I'd rather almost him just draw a cave woman book, like, and with dinosaurs <laughs> of his own, you know what I mean? Like then to try and shoehorn Wolverine into another book. So, uh, I, I wouldn't say that's one that you need to race out and get. Um, Thor got a thunder. I thought was awesome. Um, hell yeah. Um, it's sod Ribbick's art is not something I would generally be drawn toward, but, he he's clearly killing it in this book. It's I mean, there's just an immense amount of detail, uh, and it's beautiful. And uh, I love the idea of this uh, Gore the the God Butcher. Um, and uh, although I haven't read past the first issue, I've heard from many people that it's a hell of a first arc. So I give that one a big thumbs up. Um, Thunderbolts number one, uh, Daniel Way and Steve Dillon. Um, Another one of those strange team-up books. Everybody seemingly in this book is uh, either wears black or red. Um, you got Red Hulk, Electra, Deadpool, Punisher. So, you know, this is kind of the, obviously all those things, they're all killers. Um, and Steve Dillon does his thing. Uh, it's basically Thunderbolt Ross calling in a lot of chits to form this team. You, he, you know he has, he, he wants them for a certain purpose, but it's not quite sure what the purpose is. Um, also on the team is, uh, is Venom. He's not on the cover, but he's on the team too. Um, it was okay. You know, I- I'm not sure. I love Steve Dillon drawing superheroes. You know, I-, I like Steve Dillon very much as an artist, but I'm not sure his, his superheroes are all that appealing to me. You know, I don't think he's like the most dynamic 
He's, uh, a, he's, a, he's a ground level guy. Yeah, so I'm not yeah. sure. I think he's a great fit for this book. Um, but you know, we'll see. I would say of the of the three team up books, uh, the two X Forces and this is this is one that I'm probably least interested in seeing what happens. Um, so you know, I'm, I'm kind of lukewarm on that one. Did you? You didn't read this, did you, David? No, not that. Um, not yet. Uh, and the the last uh, the last two uh, Uncanny Avengers, which I think was the first Marvel Now book, um, which again was uh, Remender, who everybody knows I'm a humongous fan of, and John Cassidy. Um, this is definitely a tale of uh, a of, com- of contrasting the storyteller to the to the illustrator. <laughs> um, I, I if if I just take a look at what happened in the book, I'm a fan of it. If if I take a look at how the book was drawn. I'm I'm not really all that engaged. You know, it's it's just one of those things to me. Uh Cassidy just I don't know, man. I don't know what happened. He he just he lost his way for me. I I he, I don't I don't I don't get it. I don't There are some pretty spiffy panels, but overall there are. There it are. wasn't yeah. It, and it it's it it kills me because in the recent in the issue that came out this week, mm-hmm. in, in in issue five, Cassidy did the first four issues. Issue five is Quapel. And oh. and I I do believe I think Cassidy might be done, and that after Quapel's story is done, we will get Daniel Acuna. Okay, I'm not sure how I feel about that yet, but um, but the Quapel story I haven't read yet. I have it. I flipped through it. it, it it's gorgeous. To, I mean, that's talk about Captain Obvious, but it's it's uh, it. I finished. I, I read three and four today. And, uh, and it's, it's an, I want to say it's a neat story. Um, I, I, in the hands of a different artist, it would have, I probably would have liked it more. It would have, it it probably would have felt different to me. Mm -hmm. Um, there are, I mean, there are characters that, you know, Cassidy can draw really well and, and, and I, I, I don't mind his Captain America. This is the new Captain America uniform. I'm not sure how I feel about that, but um, you know, Havoc's in it. You have Thor. I like his Thor, but the whole the whole four issues, the whole story, it it just it wasn't um, really didn't float my boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the last one is Young Avengers number one. Um, which reunites the phonogram team of Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey. Uh, and it's interesting because this is um, art by Jamie McKelvey with Mike Norton. Mike does the backgrounds. Uh, it's, i got to ask him when we see him at C2E2, like how this arrangement came to be. Um, I guess Mike only, I guess Mike didn't, I guess Mike wanted to have more than just, than three books to do it once he wanted to do Right, this. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so, so it's interesting. I mean, those that, it's an interesting choice to, to pair them up because I think McKelvey, at least again, based on the stuff I've seen of his prior, you know, he's he's very comfortable drawing, uh, you know, uh, uh, like human anatomy, but he's never, I think, been known particularly for like detailed backgrounds. And so Norton doing detailed backgrounds with McKelvey doing, you know, the normal McKelvey uh, character figure drawing is an interesting combination, you know. Um, so, and I think it looks good. I think artistically it looks good. Um, uh, the. Um, it's an odd mix of characters, and I'm not sure if if they all read to me uh, in the way that that um, 
that I'm used to them being written before, which, which again is not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, you know, Killen, Gillen's got to find his own voice, but, um, I do think it kind of assumes some familiarity with, uh, Kid Loki, which, you know, really was established in Journey into Mystery for the last, you know, two or three years and also establishes, I think you, it also assumes you have a pretty decent understanding of the, uh, of the runaways in their background. And since I do, I, I, I enjoyed it, but I, I was, I wonder though, if you don't, how you would feel, right? So, um, I mean, I enjoyed the first issue. I don't think a lot necessarily happens in the first issue, um, in terms of action, but, um, but it was cool. And, and Wiccan, who is the, um, who is the Scarlet Witch's, uh, well, one of the Scarlet Witch's sons and has her powers and is also, you know, gay. He makes a choice, um, to basically, he tries to do a nice thing for his lover, who's a scroll uh, named or half scroll named uh, Hulkling. He tries to do him a solid, and uh, and sort of the cliffhanger of this first issue is that it was a really poor decision. It's going to have consequences. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm intrigued by this because I do like a lot of the characters, but I'm not sure. Again, if I wasn't deeply ingrained in the uh, continuity of these characters, if I would have really quite cared as much or gotten some of the illusions made in the book. So and, it does assume you know the characters. And okay, so then and, and I don't mean to sidetrack you. It if um because these characters because of who these characters are, because you've been reading comics long enough, um and this is Grant, is it is there a do you, I don't want to say do you have any problems, but does it sound different than Heinberg's characters. Are you okay with someone else not being Heinberg writing these characters? Yeah, no, I am. I am. Uh, I mean, I'm not. Are you okay with someone besides Stan Lee and fucking Jack Kirby writing the FF? Well, but how long do we have to wait for more Young Avengers because Heinberg wasn't ready? Now, all of a sudden, it's exactly, exactly. It's a get it. They're not his characters. We, which I get. But to your point, I mean, I, I I think. I definitely get David's point though because I do think like like I love Terry Moore, you know that, but I don't think Terry Moore's run of the Runaways was very good. Like I, I think there are certain yeah. times where characters don't click with with or creators don't click with characters and vice you know vice versa. And I think so. It's definitely a fair question because I think Heinberg and the Young Avengers to me are ubiquitous. Like I think the Young Avengers Children's Crusade was awesome because it was back to being Heinberg and Chung. Like so, it's a totally fair question. And I would say again, yeah, and this isn't a lot. It's 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 Young Avengers in name, but you know it's really I mean well I guess the Hulkling, Wiccan, and uh, and um, um, what's her name uh, Hawkeye. Well, she's not calling herself Hawkeye anymore. What is she calling herself these days? She isn't. I don't think so. Well, she just. I don't. No, no, she's not Mockingbird. She. Um, well, let's say the the the, fe- the female Hawkeye, right? Whatever, whatever you know. Really uh, good archer chick. <laughs> exactly. Um. So, so you know, they're all they all seemed pretty in character to me, right? I mean, you know, I don't know. They don't. Uh, I mean, you know, the Patriots not in it, and uh, um, um, Speed's not in it, and uh, um, who else am I missing from the uh, uh, stature? Who, but well, we well, don't mind. yeah, well, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> what happened to stature? <laughs> went, out for a, went out for a home girl. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. She did. Um, oh, when did she die? During the last Heinberg Chung. Miniseries, yeah. yeah. Oh, when she, she dies, her dad can come children. back. Yeah. Oh, when when is she gonna come back? 
Uh, probably next next uh, next next week. Yeah. Next time Heinberg wants to write a story, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I thought that was fine, David. You know, um, I think it was it was probably weirder f- to see Loki in this context because, again, like Journey into Mystery, he's been Kid Loki for a long time. But but like, if anyone again, if you didn't read Journey into Mystery and it didn't sell that well, so I'm assuming lots of people didn't. <laughs> you'd probably be like, what the f- like? Who? Why is Loki a kid? Right? Like you're like, I don't like that's you know so. Um, and then there's a new character in the book, at least new to me, which was uh, Miss America. Like, who's the Latina chick? Um, that's Miss an old oh, character. Okay. That's an old character, though. It is? Yeah, I think she's. Well, no, Miss America is an old character, but this version yeah, of it. This is, yeah, this, this is, is a young killer. Hispanic girl named. named uh, I think she was in the uh, the Vengeance miniseries. Oh, I didn't realize. I haven't finished, yeah. Which okay. is. Um, uh, Dragota drew that. Okay. So, yeah, so, I mean, this is interesting. I mean, this is one where, again, uh, you know, it's a setup issue, but it does leave it on an interesting cliffhanger, so. And I will say this, people that have listened to the show for a long time know that I have an uh, unusual fear of the blob, and so I will <laughs> say that, that, uh, that Gillen plays into my fear at the, in the last page of the book. That's so, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> So there you go. Probably longer than we planned. Uh, a little rundown of, of a lot of the Marvel now. It's definitely longer because Vince hasn't said anything in like twenty minutes. Vi- yeah, I know. This, this, I have things to talk about, but you know, never mind. I'll I'll hold them for next week. Nah, dude, we got time. No, we're done. <laughs> He's just taking notes so he could buy all these hardcovers when they come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Copious notes. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow I feel like it's just going to say Marvel now in the in the show. Yeah. Yeah, no, I actually wrote down every nice. book you were you. talking about. Hey, nice. respect, buddy. You you like what respect. you like. And you know you know where you can get all these Marvel Now books? With some respect? True Wolf yeah, and a little and a little bit of respect too. You can get these at Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. They are the best. You'll get them the cheapest and they'll ship them right to your damn home. What more do you yep. want, people? And DCBService.com, in case you weren't listening. And pay attention, because a comic book convention's coming up, and it's going to be a good one on May 11th. Do not miss out on the Midwest's best comic book convention. It's the Appleseed Convention, hosted in the very town where Johnny Appleseed's corpse was laid to rest. Yes, Fort Wayne, Indiana, also the birthplace of Gray Morrow. Did you know wow. that? Wow. Oh. Yep. Uh, Appleseed features over a hundred creators and is a show dedicated to comics, damn it, and the comics community. Come hang out with creators like Mike Norton, who we mentioned before, Tom Scholey, Ryan Brown, and a whole bunch more. $10 gets you in the door, and it also gets you an 11 by 17 print by somebody that's blowing the hell up recently, Dave Wachter. He's got stuff going on at IDW. He's doing um, a Turtles one-shot on Old Hob. He's working with... Uh, uh, he has got a Golem book coming up for Dark Horse. The dude is everywhere. Check the guest list, announcements, purchase tickets, and more at AppleseedCon.com. Nice. There you go. Yeah. And in your travels, I have not been... Able to successfully tear myself away from this book. I got it in an Amazon box two weeks ago, and I'm not even halfway through it. Uh, let me throw some names at you. You're probably going to know once I say one name in particular to be like, all right. Um, Len Ween. I like him. All right. <laughs> Carrie Bates. 
He's good. Uh, Marty Marty Pasco. <laughs> Elliot Elliot S. Magan. Mm-hmm. Jerry Conway. Mm. Uh, who else? <laughs> Jason. <laughs> you Love you me, dick. Some of the artists, and here's a name that's going to ring a bunch of bells. Dick Dillon. Mm. Dick Giordano. Nick Cardi. Um, who else do we got in here? Um, come on, baby. Jack Kirby. Will Eisner. Stan Lee. No, no, no. Uh, wow, it's, it, that one name keeps being repeated every issue, and that's, of course, Dick, Dick Dillon, Co- because he worked on this book forever. Okay, um, America. Justice League of America Showcase presents Justice League of America. It's volume six. It has probably three of the annual meetings of the JLA, JSA. You also have Amazos in here, Sinestro. You get to see Hal Jordan slip on a bar of soap and knock himself out in the shower. Um, The Black Condor is in here. The Ray, Uncle Sam, Doll Man, Phantom Lady, the Injustice Gang. This thing is awesome. Sandman is in here. And Dr. Fate, Red Tornado. I think these issues, it reprints um, Justice League of America number 107 to number 132. So this is probably around the time where they shoehorned Green Arrow into, into the Justice League, right? What, what were the numbers? 107 to 132. Yeah, I think you're about right. It is so good. And, and, I, and, um, I just, this is the way, this is the Justice League I love. Not primo Justice League, 1970s. Uh, it's just so much fun. And get this, they reprint the stories that appeared in the 100 pagers, but they don't. Uh, only the new stuff at right. that time. They yeah, they don't the put the yeah, not the reprints, which is okay because I have those issues anyway. Uh, it's great stuff. Black Canary, Elongated Man, who they sometimes refer to as E Man, which is like wait, ah. what? I I think uh, Joe Staten would uh, have something to say about that. But no, great stuff, and it's cheap. It's like nineteen ninety nine, but if you get it on Amazon, it's like eleven bucks. Nice. Where are you gonna go? It's like six hundred pages long. I have right. the uh, I, I have a first. That's one of the three showcases I have. The first one. Uh, I love the showcase format. Uh, it's really hard for me not to buy them. Yeah, it's I that 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 era of Justice League. That's it. Really is the good stuff. And and Dylan, pretty much with the exception of one issue that he missed, he was on it. For years until until he died, and it, it's it's he is he's the he's the barometer. If if you know you want to do your few three four five issues before you need to break, and then you know I, I look back at Dylan's stuff, and he was doing the Justice League, and you know which has a lot of characters in it, and and it was it was just a different time. But yeah, I it worked. His his Justice League is is fantastic. Preach, and they go to Earth X in here, the the uh, Earth where the Nazis won the war, mm-hmm. and there's a Justice League satellite, but it's it's a Nazi satellite, and it has swastikas all over it. All like, through it. You you you're not going to see this these days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great stuff. 
I had some technical difficulties tonight, so I was not able to talk <laughs> about a few things that I wanted to. So I will leave them in the in your travels. Uh, the first one is uh, I think one of the really overlooked books that Marvel printed in the last year or so, and uh, I mentioned it real briefly. Uh, I think it's uh, it's one of the the best just pure action adventure books that that's been put out in in long good long time uh it's got the the just about the best artist in the biz working on it and that is uh john carter and the gods of mars by sam by sam humphreys and ramon perez based on the novel by edgar rice burroughs it is it is comic books as comic books should be it's just non-stop awesome pulp action it's beautiful it's fun it's imaginative and inventive. It is so far and away better than most of the stuff that's coming out today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so amazing. And um, in Marvel, I don't know why they did it. They put it. They put it out in a pocketbook. Um, the trade because I, I bought the first issue and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get this whenever it comes out collected. Unfortunately, they didn't give it the really nice prestige hardcover treatment. They gave it the pocketbook trade treatment, so it's actually much smaller than the original print size. It is still a great collection, and it retails for uh, for fifteen bucks, so it's worth it. I'm bummed that they didn't give it a little nicer treatment on it, but that was probably because the movie bombed so bad. Um, even though it's a great movie, I love the movie. Three but um, um, go get uh, Gods of Mars. Um, it, it's, it's, it, it's fantastic. Humphreys and Perez, Ramon Perez, if you don't love him, we can't ever be brothers. Um, <laughs> the, uh, um, the other one is my, um, in your travels from last week, I finished up, um, the Mark Wade, which, uh, which Jason mentioned earlier, how he's kicking ass. I finished up, uh, the Mark Wade and Chris Somney. A Rocketeer Cargo of Doom. Oh, nice. Please, you guys, if you haven't read it, read it now so we can talk about it next week. Really fun pulp action. If you guys haven't figured out, I'm getting into like the pulp characters mm-hmm. and the, the reinvention and revisiting of pulp characters and uh, the, the new Rocketeer stuff from, uh, from the, uh, the reimagining with the Rocketeer Adventures and now the Rocketeer series coming out from IDW is really, really fun. Just, just great comic booking. And the last thing is just for, uh, for my good friend, Vince B. I ordered on his recommendation and have been reading and loving the uh, Creepy Presents uh, Richard Corbin. Nice. Oh. How so, the hell could you simple. not love that? That's that's one of my uh, um, ultimate uh, deciders. You don't like Richard Corbin? You're, I'm done with you. Done. Yep. Dude. Yep. So there's a lot of in travels there, so go have fun. <laughs> Am I done with Jason? I don't think so. Nah, nah. I don't. Yeah. We've. Nah, I, I like Corbin. I just don't view him like. I don't have the reverence you do for him, but I. I I'd like him. So you can't. You're not done yeah. with me. Never. Uh, like, I think I, I would Beach. make you. I would make you. Beach is a different story, right? You, yeah. Well, I would make you the exception to my rule. Okay. Oh. Nice. Boo. Um. <laughs> I had a pretty tiring and trying weekend, so I didn't do a lot of reading. 
Um, so shout out to Nook. Yeah, thanks, dude. Um, I will. So I will. I will recommend some things to watch when you're done reading. Oh shit! Um, to be <laughs> I am. I. I. Uh, I am. I am up to the beginnings of the third season of Fringe. Hmm. Um. So we're we're, we're up to the good. Red, good. We're up good. To the red. Mm. Uh, the, the the red title sequence era. Nice. Uh, nice. It's uh, and I'm I'm you know it's and it's something that I can't have on in the background. I, I need to pay attention to it. I just it's, oh yeah. It's become yeah. it 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 has you know from the first season to now it's it's become something that uh, I am really enjoying. I'm I'm glad I gave it a second look. And Renee and I watched. We finished. It's only thirteen episodes in the first season, but uh, the Netflix original series House of Cards. If if you oh, enjoyed geez. the the BBC version, uh, give this one a shot. It's it's uh, it's U.S. based American politics. Kevin Spacey, Robin Wright. Uh, it is it's it's dirty. It's um, it's mean. But it is it is so well done. The first few episodes are directed by David Fincher. Mm. Uh, there are a couple episodes, or at least one, that I noticed uh, because I was paying attention to the credits. is directed by Joel Schumacher, and it's still a good episode. And uh, and and there are a few different directors as the series progresses. But it's it's a great story, and uh, and I'm kind of bummed about the the thirteens final moments because i i haven't looked to see if it's been renewed or if there'll be more episodes but um i, I want more and i think real soon renee and i are going to just marathon the, the 13 episodes again one after another and and catch anything we may have missed but wow. i definitely recommend that as well hmm. i wish i could take your advice but i'm not a netflix, netflix subscriber yeah it's me huh in your travels uh First of all, I gotta give some. This is gonna sound unrelated, but uh, you know, I like to uh, patrol the eBay's. You know, you never know when stuff's gonna be for sale. And uh, our buddy, friend of the show, guest host, uh, a couple episodes, Scotty Young has been selling some of his artwork on eBay directly. Wow! And uh, his uh, his cover to, you know, he does a, t- a ton of those baby variants, you know, for Marvel. Mm-hmm. His baby variant cover for Avengers versus X Men number one. Mm-hmm. Which I was watching, just sold. You want to guess how much it sold for? Eight grand. Oh, well, you overshot the mark, but oh, four six, grand. six grand, dude. Wow, well, six good grand. grand. Jesus. So shout out to Scotty and drinks are on him in Chicago. Word, Man, no word, shit. no kidding. Um, but anyway, so geez, sorry, I know that that was an aside, but I just happened to look and saw it. I was like, <laughs> holy crap. Um, um, in your travels, uh, I had mentioned this. Um, that I had gotten a few awesome commissions from uh, of another friend of the show, uh, Nick Bro- Nick Brockenshire, who um, who who you know did a sweet ass commission for me from Guardians of the Galaxy, which uh, which arrived uh, this week, um, as well as a awesome Beast commission for me. And um, he um, was kind enough to send me, I guess, for buying the commissions from him, um, uh, the Comicsology codes for the uh, first six issues of Amelia Cole. And the unknown world, which he is the artist for, and uh, uh, it's monkey by Monkey Brain, uh, and so I did uh, read those this week, and um, it's a hell of a lot of fun. It's uh, 
it, it's it's Amelia. The, the namesake is um, basically a, a I don't know. I wouldn't call her a witch, but she's a magician. You know, magic wand wielding magician, and she's she's used to living in in her her life. She's thought that she split her time between uh, the sort of corporeal non magic world, which would, I guess be like the world that we live in, uh, and then a world where magic exists. And she she's danced between them um, actively for her whole life, uh, and then something happens very early in in the in the in the, in the arc where she realizes that they're, um, I guess, similar to to the fringe concept. There there actually is more than the two worlds, you know. They're they're, they're just two of, of many worlds, and uh, and each world is kind of you know, each parallel world is similar in a lot of ways, but but different. And so she kind of comes to that realization, and um, things happen that force her to. Jump to a new world, a world that uh, kind of like um, for those people that used to watch Sliders, like that, you know, or or mm-hmm. Exiles, or if you read Exiles, um, you know, the comic. It's so she's in a new world which is vaguely familiar and evocative of the of the world she she the, the magical world she used to live in, but then she she realizes that it's not the same world for for certain reasons. Um, it's written by a gentleman or two gentlemen named Adam Nave and DJ Kirkbride. I know nothing of their backgrounds or if they've written any other comics, but uh, I do say the star of the show for me it was Nick. Um, he's he's his art looks great. Uh, he's you know he's he posts a lot of his his work on our forum, you know, in his sort of art dump. So I've seen him grow as an artist in the last few years, just on what he's shown us of his or of his journeys. But but he, his interiors look great. Good pacing, good storytelling, very you know, great emotion in the facial features. Um, he makes Amelia look cute, you know, but not like overly. It's not like all like uber sexy. She's just a cute, mm-hmm. you know, pretty girl, but like you know, more like the Kitty Pride. Like she'd be, a, she'd be like a cute real girl, you know. She wouldn't be a like a like a penthouse hottie. Um, and yeah, really thought it was a, a great first arc. Very very enjoyable. Um, you know, we're always talking about pushing the boundaries of of comics and, and who they're accessible for. I think this book would be a perfect book for a young or teenage girl to read. You know, it's, it's all ages. It's not offensive. Um, you know, anybody, kids, I would have my kids read it. If, if your kids are into Harry Potter, this would be great for them. So I just, you know, hand, hats off to a, uh, a, I think a really original, uh, um, gender friendly or, uh, all ages book. So Amelia Cole and the unknown world. Sweet. Mm-hmm. So that's all we got. That was a packed show. We did a covered a lot of ground. Was a packed show. Yeah. I wish I had been here for all of it. And <laughs> and as usual, hey, you know what? Join us here next week, same time, same channel. Because why? We sort of love you. We love you so much. Not sort of, David. Don't play tough. Oh, I don't know. Oh, oh, sort of. Exactly. Sort of. We'll be back next week. Goodbye. Oh, yeah, we will. Bye-bye. Sweetness.